Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver. chicken baby it's silver and gold's top 30 films of 2012 you egg sucking dogs Top 2012 films. Yeah, we're all confused here. Ah, two of us are not even American. I am the loaf, and with me, the Zom, the Paul. Hi, guys. Yeah, and the CDR, Charlie Holmes. Ah, finally, 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 the show is happening. We are three months into 2013, and we are bringing you our favorite 30, count them, 30 films of 2012. Oh, the list has been a long time in the making for a few of us and for others about two days. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, first off, I want to thank the Gentleman's Guide. Um, thanks to uh, Will and Sammy for giving us little little voices in the beginning. Yay! And, um, uh, yeah, so it, in, uh, this is this is uh, dedicated to them because uh, we're. Which you know, one was Sammy? He was the little kid, say uh, the No Way Man. That was uh, that was Will's youngest, Braden, actually. So um, the um, uh, yeah, so we have, uh, as usual riding on their coattails. Uh, you know, they uh, they pioneered the top thirty, and we're following right along. So and uh, thank you both, uh, Paul and Chris, for joining us. Yeah. My pleasure. So yep. maybe um, we should do the top thirty-one, ooh. so we won't be like copying them. <laughs> oh yeah, we could do. Um, I did not decide before the show. Um, we're not going to do our usual like what you've been watching because it would take forever. Um, so I figure we're going to mix it up just a little bit from the gentleman, and we're going to do uh, we're kind of rapid fire thirty through <laughs> twenty-one. And then a rapid fire, twenty through eleven, and then we'll get into the uh, the meat of it with our top ten at the the last segment yeah. there. So, um, I guess the guests should go first. Uh, we'll go Chris, Paul, Zom, and then myself. How does that sound? Great guy. All right. So maybe I should write that down so I don't forget. All right, Chris. Let's let's hear your and uh, you know feel free to talk about each film a little bit if you'd like uh, your. You're 30 through 21. Rapid fire! All right. <laughs> uh, my number 30 is West of Memphis. That's the uh, 
West Memphis 3 doc that just came out this last year. I've been following that case since the first movie. And uh, at at this point, that movie summed up that whole case, I think, almost better than the previous three movies. I haven't seen that. And a lot of people, when that came out, started uh, re-watching the entire series of movies, which I don't think you really need to to do. Uh, You could probably just do the second one and then this one, and it's a pretty good capper of that case. Uh, was three wasn't was that Jerry Lawler, Bill Dundee, and <laughs> Austin, Austin Idol? Idol? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're the one. They they raped those kids and murdered them out. In the Ooh, no, that remember? was just Jerry Lawler. Oh, my number twenty nine is uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Everyone who doesn't like go fuck yourself. It's cute. Uh, twenty eight is <laughs> the <gray. laughs> what that is. I, no, I have to go fuck myself. <laughs> Nobody likes that movie except I, actually, I think there was a few people that I it, I, but. I I like that movie, um, but I don't know. It, it's something about it didn't work for me. And, I mean, what, it's exactly? hipstery. Well, a lot of people say it's hipstery. Well, right? I mean, you know, whatever. I, I you know, that's all I watch. Fucking hipstery or shit, right? But I I screened it by myself. Um, I loaded up a 35 and watched it in the theater by myself. I was very excited <laughs> for it, and afterwards I was just like, eh. and it, I mean. For me, it was a good movie, but something about it didn't click. And I think it was the lack of like a strong like male lead because every all of his movies I like the best have like a very strong central character, and I didn't really care about the kids too much. So, yeah, I I, I kind of agree. I think the uh, the other actors in the movie make it a little mm-hmm. more than the two leads, but yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I think it sort of falls apart in the last fifteen minutes or yeah. so too. It gets a little too crazy, but I liked it. Um, I, I enjoyed it. But I just didn't think it was top thirty, but it's uh, an honorable mention, definitely. See, I, I've been sort of off of him for his last few movies, so I, this one I was surprised too. I had low expectations Who's for it. Who's the director of that? Wes Anderson. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, I watched it with my uh, my girlfriend and my parents, and we were all, you know, feeling family oriented that <laughs> night. Yeah, we cried a lot, and we all huddled, had a little hug, hug huddle. Uh, uh, 28 is the gray. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like the thing with wolves instead of monsters, and it's awesome. <laughs> uh, 27 is Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We've, I'm sure everyone has heard <laughs> enough about that movie at this point. Uh, 26, Bones Brigade. Uh, I oh, wasn't yeah. a skip. I was never a skater kid, uh, but I was around at the sort of like I was a teen at the height of the X Games craze thing. So I sort of through my friends got into that whole scene. And uh, yeah, I was I had low expectations for this one, too. And I was amazed at how much I liked it. It's one of the best docs of the year. Cool. Mm. Number 25 is The Raid. Uh, despite my complaints about it, it's still one of the best action movies over the last 10 years. Uh, but I'll stand by that the uh, Chinese did it far better in the 80s because they had <laughs> they had chases and shit. They mixed up the, the action. Yeah, yeah. A lot of fighting in that movie. I, w- I could have gone for a, a foot chase at the very least at some point. Uh, 24 is Teddy Bear. Um, nice. I... Uh, I I'd seen the trailer for this a couple of years ago and forgot about it. And then when everyone started watching it, I, uh, I jumped on it right away. And I was really impressed with it. The, the lead for being a big, muscly meathead is uh, surprisingly good. Yeah, Zom and I talked about it on the show. Like, his mom was just fucking disgusting. Oh, yeah. And did you book a flight to Thailand? <laughs> yeah, right away. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I, I really like that one. He's uh, he's a surprisingly good actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 23 was Silver Lang's Playbook, uh, one of the few romantic comedies I've ever seen that I've actually liked. Nice. Uh, 22 was This Is 40. Um, I know that was another sort of divism movie, but uh, and a lot of people sort of go back and forth on Apatow, but I've liked everything he's made. And I didn't see that one. I heard it was pretty good, though. I mean, yeah, I, I liked I it. I mean, you're in top 30, so. It, it reminds me of like some like Parenthood. Like some of those uh, early to mid '90s sort of family drama comedy sort of things. Oh uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. I uh, enjoyed it, but I just didn't like the way they spoke. Adults don't speak like that, and that really grated on me. It what do you t- mean? The, well, for me, this, um, especially in the first ten twenty minutes, we were like talking like babies to each other. <laughs> And it really frustrated Some me. adults do talk to each other like yeah. that. I hate to break it to you, man. Yeah. We hear that a lot on Silver and Gold when somebody <laughs> listens to our show. Adults don't talk like that. Yeah. Fuck exactly. you, they do too. <laughs> and I know a lot of people a lot of people have a time <laughs> with that movie sort sort of being about oh, like, yeah. rich white people problem like there's you know, they're sitting around crying about their fucking bank account being not as high as it should be and stuff like that but you know he's it's written by a guy who's sort of in that situation so you know i had that perspective didn't bother me too much were there even leslie man's real tits in that i think so <laughs> because james um my mate in work who's on the facebook groups he was saying like there were another film where she got her tits out but they weren't her tits they were somebody else's tits <laughs> and they cgi'd them and I'm wondering if they were the real ones. <laughs> CGI tits. <laughs> I you guys were bitching about the chick with the fake tits on fucking Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and my 21 is Seven Psychopaths. Yes. What? That's another one I saw with my parents and my girlfriend in the theater. And uh, my girlfriend hated it, but I loved oh. it. Did you I thought see it that was very time? funny. Dom, did you see that one? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Nice. Uh, Paul, let's hear your... Uh, you're 30 through 21. All right, my number 30 is Ed Hunters, the Norwegian film based on the um, Joe Nesbol novel. I don't know if any of you saw it. I don't know yep. that one. It's, yeah, on, a, it's on Instant at the minute. Yeah, really, really good action action film. Brilliant light set pieces. And I said on me, um, when I rang you my voicemail to GGTMC, the, um, the author of the books, um, Joe Nesbol, I've got like three quarters of his work and the majority of the books are based on the one detective called Harry Holler, and this film wasn't based on the ma- the main character from the majority of his books. So, um, I'd, I'd be interested to see some more of his work put to yeah. film because he's. I've probably been meaning to get into his, some of his books because uh, uh, I hear they're a lot better than the uh, like the girl with the dragon tattoo and all that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, they're a lot. They're a lot more violent. They're a lot darker. A lot more sinister. The the well worth reading. But there's a there's a few authors coming out of Scandinavia at the moment, there's been a big wave of it so especially since like the, the girl with the dragon tattoo blew up and like, there's a bloke called Hakan Nessar um, who's, um, he, he's really good and then there's one called Henning Mankel who's probably the most actual the most famous Swedish, uh, well Scandinavian crime writer and they've all um, have you heard of the TV series Valander? Mm-hmm. Nope. No. No, um, well, the British version. Kenneth Branagh made a British version set in Sweden. That's on instant at oh, the minute, cool. but it's shat. The original Swedish TV series based on his books 
on an Inspector Wallander is a lot, lot better. And you can pick up the bot sets on Amazon fairly cheap, I think. Um, but bit, yeah, it I sounds like, like a bit like a, a situation with the killing, too. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Well, like, I, hear that, I hear the American version was shit, and I really liked the uh, original. Well, yeah, but these, these loads of oh, Scandinavian TV on um, BBC Free over here at the minute. Like, every Saturday night, um, it's all you get, Scandinavian crime dramas. Um, and they're all really, really good. So <laughs> really random. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's really odd, but it's just blown up massively over here, especially since um, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo trilogy. Right, right, right. We love Swedes all... on Sylvan Gold. <laughs> yeah. Swedes, <laughs> all of them. They're all cool. Um, my number Sorry. 29's perks of being a wallflower. I like that one. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I already watched that. I think, I think back end of last week. It's um, brilliantly. I'm really, really impressed with the um, the main lad, not the lad from we talk about. We need to talk about Kevin, but the other lad. I think he'll be a good one to watch out for. That's where years. I fucking. Re- I knew. I didn't even look and see who was in that movie. I knew I recognized that dude from somewhere. I totally forgot he was in. We need to talk about Kevin. Oh yeah, who were an horrible bastard, and we need to talk oh, about yeah. Kevin. Yeah, but, um, so yeah, really cute little movie. I, I, I'm not one. I've got quite a few rom coms on my list this year, but um, I'm not normally into them. But I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, thought it was really well made. Um, it took me absolutely ages to figure out it was set in the eighties when they were saying they hadn't heard of um, Heroes by David Bowie. We're like, what the fuck? Well, I think it was. <laughs> I, I think it was. Set, I think it was early nineties, is what I was trying. To, what I was figuring out. Because there was something in it, and I don't remember what ex- it was exactly. That because I was trying to, I, w- I was in the same boat. I was trying to figure out exactly when it took place, and I was just, mm. I was guessing early, like between ninety ninety three, that area. Mm, could be, yeah. Because uh, I suppose mixtapes were still being made and stuff like yeah, that. Then, yeah. I mean, so. I didn't get a CD player. I didn't get my first CD player until I went to college in ninety five. So, not everybody. Yeah, had one that's yet, about so. the time I got mine. When I was in, um, well, what you classes are, we start high school over here at eleven. What? So, yeah, <laughs> we 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 have primary school up to eleven, and then we go to high school for five years, eleven to sixteen. Do college for two years, up to eighteen, and then university. That's weird. <laughs> That's how our system works. It's like, well, my son, he's just turned he's in like nursery school it's like a preschool he's free he gets homework wow <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> homework for a three-year-old yeah we, do, do, they they give him, do they give him like the, one of those boxes with all the shape holes in it and he's just got to prove that he can put the square in the square hole yeah, well he, he has to like say draw something beginning with d he, he, mm. up, up to now he's out every week he's had a different letter and he has to draw something beginning with that letter or do some colouring in or something like that. But yeah, next year when he starts, he'll be learning history, English, science, math <laughs> at four. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's bonkers. Um, right, my number 28 was Zero Dark Thirty. I, I totally um, missed this one. Oh, it's it, really, really, really good. Um, like, all this thing in America about torture scenes and stuff like that. There's nothing worse in this than there is on an episode of 24. I think, well, yeah. and there's nothing worse than this than what we actually saw when that shit was happening. Yeah, than what they yeah. were actually doing. <laughs> like, they're just showing, they're actually showing almost a, a tamer version of, like, 
actual pictures we saw in the early 2000s after 9-11. So I don't understand why everyone's getting up in arms. They're just showing what happened. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Chastain's fantastic in it. Jason Clark is. Um, and um, the other bloke, what's the other Australian? Joel Edgerton. He's really a coach um, thingy from Friday Night Lights as well. Cool. Yeah, Jessica Atkins is in it too. Yeah, and the fat dummy from uh, fucking um, Parks and Rec. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. No, I really enjoyed it. Um, really well made. Um, big old. What she, you know, she holds her own as a director. So, um, I don't know. Um, like Will had it at his, in his top ten, didn't he? In a yeah, yeah. I mean, it was good. Mm. I don't. I don't think it was that good. It's definitely top thirty material, but there's been better films this year. Number is twenty-seven. She a, is she as famous as Bam Bam? <laughs> Catherine Bigelow. <laughs> yeah. Bam Bam. She's got the she's got the head tattoo. Does she really? No. Okay. <laughs> Psych. She's she's about on par with uh, Bash and Booger. <laughs> oh, hey, he's dead. Well, so is Bam Bam. So yeah. <laughs> Name a wrestler in 99% of Jesus, yeah. yes. Name a wrestler that wrestled before 2000, and he's probably dead. <laughs> yeah. All right, I digress. Number 27, Silver Linings Playbook, which Chris has spoke about already. Nice. Um, Bradley Cooper was awesome in this, and so were De Niro. And Chris Tucker, I mean, I can't stand him. But <laughs> he, he was... Uh, what the fuck he, he was really good in the last 15 years? He's, I, don't, he's, I haven't seen him at all. Does he just like hang out with Eddie Murphy and <laughs> go to go clubbing and act like a couple of fucking douchebags? <laughs> Welcome. I've heard I've heard things. I've heard things. I've heard about things. Those two. I've heard some things. Um, Twenty six. Hero dreams of sushi. Nice. Fuck. What? <laughs> um, you, you guys are naming shit, and I'm like, shit. I forgot to put that on my list. You got time. You got time to edit. Go go go. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I'm sticking with what I got. Yeah, I mean, I I don't like sh- sushi. I don't I don't really like fish as a food, but it's just um, the dedication to his craft and the way the documentary made it actually made you interested in it. So you, you can tell that's a, doc- a good documentary is when you watch something you're not interested in, yeah. but it, by the end of it, it makes you interested in it. Yeah, I think it, I mentioned that that and what it was about. I was like, what the fuck. And then for some reason I start watching. I was like, Jesus Christ, he's right. Well, I think it, it uh, perfectly sort of encapsulates like the mentality of Japanese people as a culture, like that obsessive dedication to detail and yeah. perfection at a craft. Yeah, I, you know, I was watching it and I was like, okay, now why did my ex girlfriend hate Japanese people? <laughs> because of the dedication to shot porn. That's what she said at the table, and I was like, what? I didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> You're so racist, Zom. Um. Not all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so brilliantly made. Did you see that this week? Um, I don't know if you follow him on Facebook um, or his page on Facebook, whoever it's ban- ran by, but Arnold. In a, um, oh, yeah, I, I posted that image. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you posted it, were you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that. that. It's a picture of uh, uh, Hero and uh, Arnie hanging out in the, behind the counter. Oh, like oh, re- uh, like a real picture or Photoshop? Yeah, yeah no, he, no he, he. I guess he popped in for some sushi. That's funny. 
Um, number 25, Marley. Um, mm. The documentary about Bob Marley. Mm. Ah. It's really, one. really... Oh, yeah, bloody two and a half hours long, but <laughs> it, didn't feel two, it didn't feel two and a half hours long. But it, again, really, really well made. Yeah. The only thing that bugged me about it is when he played that bloody Freedom concert for... Uh, I mean, obviously, in hindsight, you couldn't see this, but for Zimbabwe, and then that twat Mugabe got in, and look what he's done to the place now. He, put, yeah. he played that concert, you know, for him getting in, like, everybody's saying, oh, he's going to be great. A bit like Idi Amin, I suppose, when he got uh, in, was it in Uganda? Yeah. You know what I mean? He's done He's done exactly the bleeding same. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, but other than that, yeah, it's obviously a really, really well crowd. I've always liked Bob Marley's music. I don't know many people who don't have his greatest hit CD, at least. So it was just I really never, nice. To... I'd never heard a lot of that earlier stuff, and that shit's fucking so good. Oh, oh yeah. It's like, yeah, really, really good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it opened your eyes a bit more to that, and we're like, tr- straight onto my computer afterwards, like, yeah. downloading, like, four or five of his older albums. <laughs> uh, number twenty four, Lawless. Cool. The um, again, this one it divided a lot of people. Like, um, and I couldn't. I I love John Ilcote, um, and I love Nick Cave, as we were talking about before we went on air. And I obviously maybe it's not as good as the road. I'd say it's probably on par with a proposition as good if not better in my, just in my opinion so um I saw Gary couple, Oldman was that uh, Gary Oldman was also, I saw it a couple times yeah no he's, he's really really good um Shia Burf were actually okay in it as well yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everybody that talks about that movie is the, the one comment that is Shia LaBeouf actually didn't get on my nerves or he was actually okay yeah <laughs> yeah Guy Pierce, how creepy was he? Uh, <laughs> like this haircut. Complete and utter slime. <laughs> but yeah, again, but it was like Nick Nick Cave actually wrote the screenplay, didn't he, from a novel called The Wettest County in the World. That's what the film were originally going to be called, The Wettest County in the World. They changed it to Lawless, obviously, to a, to attract more fans, I suppose. Right, um, right. Yeah, I, I got the book of that. I haven't read it yet. That sounds like a porno <laughs> movie. <laughs> Wettest County. So he adapted. Well, uh, he wrote the, but Nick Cave wrote the screenplay to the proposition, didn't he? I think he did. So. The, he, yeah. Him mm-hmm. and Millcote worked side by side a lot. I said this on me voicemail to gentlemen. Um, have you any years in the Ghosts of the Civil Dead? Millcote's first film. It was made in Australia mm-hmm. in the eighties. It's just. Set, it's like in a totalitarian prison, mm-hmm. um, basically. Nick Cave actually acts in that, but he again. That was the first screenplay he ever wrote, and that was back in the 80s. It's, uh, it's horrible in parts. It's some really bloody, gory scenes and prison rape and stuff like <laughs> that. So it's silver and gold material. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What? The wettest cunny. Cunny <laughs> <laughs> juice. Yeah, Ghost of, of the Civil Dead. Check it out if you haven't seen it. I think these are you, the only DVD version available. I think it's you'd need a multi-regional DVD player. I think it. it's from Australia. <laughs> I, I don't one. know. They might be US import. I think I can buy it as a US import here, so they might, you might be able to get it over there. Oh, cool. Uh, off your Amazon. So it's definitely worth checking out, and it won't be that very expensive, I don't think. Hmm. Um, 
Number 23, The Hunter, with Willem Dafoe. I didn't see Yay. that. He's one of my, like, I'd say one of my top five favourite actors of all time. I'll watch him in absolutely anything. And um, this was just bloody brilliant, just like, did you see him old. screw that twink and Loveless in the motel? <laughs> <laughs> Loveless. Loveless, yeah. That's Loveless Bigelow, right? It, is, Cath- it is Catherine Bigelow's first movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is it? All right. I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. Yep. I mean, yeah. Listen to this old and gold. Yeah, yeah, we reviewed <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> oh, you did, didn't you? Yeah. But, but did, you, did you do that when you did it as we've, Did you do that with Wild at Art? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go back and listen to that. I've got the episode on my iPod, so I'll give that a listen. Brilliant. Oh, Top with his pants oh, down. <laughs> we see your have wiener. You seen, have you seen Autofocus? Yeah. Mm, I have not. Oh, the one about him, Yeah, that was great. Yeah. What time is it? It's fuck time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck time. That was the one about uh, Bob Crane, Hogan's Heroes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's uh, Paul Schrader, right? Yeah. Kinnear plays yeah. Bob Crane. Yeah, that's a good movie. It's is that, is that one scene in it, isn't it, where he's having the dream and he has he, he's <laughs> and he's he's banging the women and but he, <laughs> he's dreaming he's banging the women. And his son stood there watching him and he's like his son's egging him on. <laughs> Just really, really crap. <laughs> his son's like, go balls deep, dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's well if worth my dad ever said that to me, I would fucking put an axe right in his forehead. <laughs> like if I was having sex, my dad would stand there, go balls deep. <laughs> You'd have to kill him. You'd have to. There's no other alternative. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why'd you kill Number- your parents? I walked in on him fucking. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> Well, or you just ask him, or you just take a step back and ask him to show you how what he's talking about. <laughs> let me see this technique you're talking about. Yeah, so, let's see. Let's see, Daddy. Is this where I came from? I feel a strange <laughs> sense of uh, deja vu. <laughs> um, number twenty-two, safety not guaranteed. Good one. What's yeah. that? Yeah, it's a it's a it's time a- travel movie. <laughs> safety of. not guaranteed. Yeah, it's got that dickhead from um, New Girl in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't stand that him. He's bit... Dickhead from New Girl. <laughs> right down. Yeah, he's been, he's been in a few movies, hasn't he, as well as TV series, and I don't know, there's just something about him. I can't stand him, but he... Because well, he's, he played... he's got the face of a sleazeball. Yeah, and the thing is, in this, he played a sleazy, annoying asshole, but he didn't actually he annoy me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that yeah, no, that, that, yeah, really, really, really well made and a nice like. I, I watched it with my missus, so it's like perfect. So, oh, okay, you know. I know what dickhead you're talking about now. <laughs> is that Max is, Greenfield? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. What yeah. else has he been in? Over oh, the new girl. <laughs> <laughs> He's been in a bunch of shit that I've I've actually seen. <laughs> Veronica Mars. I can't, yeah, I can't think of it. Yeah. Veronica Mars? I don't is that that one with, uh, from... Um, oh, I don't sorry, think this is the right guy. I don't think this is the right guy. It's not the right guy? Mm-mm. 
I'll figure it out. Keep talking, Paul. Right. So I'm trying to find out what I'm just on my phone here trying to find out what the hell he's in because he's going <laughs> to blow the my head in. Um, <laughs> Jake Johnson, I think, is the guy. Yeah, Jake Johnson, I think, is the guy you're talking about. I've never seen that douche. He's been um, in, uh, let's see, Harold and Kumar, 3D Christmas. He was in Get Him to the Greek. I saw that. He was in, uh, he played Man on Cell Phone in uh, an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, I remember him now. 21 Jump Street. He played the principal in 21 Jump Street. Oh, I thought that was going to be your number 21. I was like, wow, that worked out. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> don't don't yeah, get what? me wrong. I, actually, I like that. I actually did mind that. It weren't as bad as a... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I've heard people say that, that but you know... Uh, mm. These people keep telling me Channing, T- Channing Tatum can isn't that bad, and he's all right. But um, I'm I will will I can't remember what movie it was. He goes, no, 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 no. Zom, Zom, Zom. Just watch this one, this movie, and uh, and and you'll see. And I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? Is and this drink- a man crush or what? Because here's, uh, here's a paper cup. Drink this too. It's it's like the hot chick <laughs> when the guy's like, no, 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 she's she's okay, she's okay, and you're like, okay, what the fuck? But you know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sorry. All right, whatever. Right, I mean, number 21 is Oslo, 31st of yes. August. That is, it's, a, it's depressing as fuck, but I just think it handled the <laughs> subject matter really well. Yeah, that's um, one of those it, depressing I, European movies I didn't yeah, get around no. to yet. <laughs> it's on instant. Yeah, I mean, it, it's about um, a, yeah. a an heroin addict who... He's just been released from like some kind of the uh, rehab clinic. Yeah, he studies. <laughs> he, he studies a day in his life, doesn't he? And he follows him round and what have you. And I just think it handled the subject matter really, really well. Um, beautifully shot as well. Good um, movie. Oh yeah, very very good. But a lot higher up on a lot of people's lists as well, but. Um, no, I really, really enjoyed it. I just love, I, I like that the the way the camera followed him round. It was almost like it in real time, mm-hmm. a bit like um, but before sunrise and before sunset, them two movies uh, with Ethan Hawke. In. I, I'm not ashamed to say I absolutely I love them two movies and I like that way of filming. So yeah, no, that's a cracking little film. Good stuff. All right, Zom number thirty. Number 30, I watched uh, last night, and it might have been higher on my list, but I had a hard time understanding uh, what the lead actor was saying in parts because um, we didn't have subtitles because I rented it on iTunes and was playing it off my iPad, and um, the sound system wasn't that great, but it was the Sweeney. Uh, yeah. From 2012 with Ray Winstone and Damian Lewis. Um, I didn't know anything about this. Didn't know it was a TV show or anything beforehand. Um, but it was good. Lots of action. And you get to see Ray Winstone fuck a hot chick a couple times. <laughs> Yay! Do you that. think I'm sexy? When he rubs his belly, don't you? Fuck it, I'm sexy. Why don't you? I'm not sexy. I'm not sexy. I'm not sexy. And I'm like, what? Randy, what did he say? And he's like, 
dude, I don't know what the fuck he said, but this is pretty good. Okay, so anyway, the next thing was uh, <laughs> oh, quickly, have you, and you guys seen uh, No by Mouth? Mm-mm. Oh, like yeah. Gary, Old, Gary Oldman's directorial debut. Oh, Wins, Winstone. Oh my God, Winstone is such a fucking bastard in that movie. No, he's, he's, he's like an abusive husband, and it's it's one of the most like all those fucking British movies are also depressing, and that one's yeah. no exception. He's a fucking mean motherfucker in that movie. <laughs> it's a it's a proper kitchen sink drama. That it really is. It was it made in the early nineties, weren't it? Yeah, it's a proper kick a pregnant woman in the stomach drama. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, number twenty nine was uh, I saw this on Netflix. Since to watch called Clean Skin, it's uh, was uh, directed by Hadi Hajag and stars Sean Bean and Charlotte Rampling. Uh, so check Did he that. Die in it? Huh? Does he die in it, Sean Bean? Because he dies in everything, doesn't he? Listen, <laughs> <laughs> do you, uh, I, I I can't respond without. <laughs> spoiling what's going to happen. Anyway, okay, twenty eight. Uh, the the veteran uh, with uh, Toby Cabell, who I couldn't remember his name last on my uh, other top thirty thing, uh, and Brian Cox is in it too. That's a that's a good one. Those two, uh, Clean Skin and The Veteran, are both on Netflix Instant Watch, and they're very similar. Thus, they are twenty nine and twenty eight. Uh, <laughs> twenty seven <laughs> was The Imposter, a documentary about some nice. asshole. Uh, which was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. I, I uh, the guy was just such a goddamn what a creep, dick, you know. Yeah, my favorite, my favorite part in that movie is him dancing. Yeah, um, well, what the fuck was that? <laughs> the so weird, fucking weird. The random Michael Jackson dances at the yeah. end. Yeah. What's up with people in prison wanting to dance to Michael Jackson music? <laughs> well, uh, the am I the thing- only person who watched that and saw the whole thing coming? You saw what? Because saw the like the major twist and all that coming oh, oh, like oh. right away, I, I, and I went in blind. I didn't know nothing about it. I watched it blindly, but I saw it coming a mile off. I didn't know what to expect from it. All I mean, the the synopsis that they have listed in various places is not exactly correct, and I'm glad I went in blind. I mean it. I, I mean, I don't know. I, it kept me guessing because there's stuff that they reveal as it goes on, like who knows who and who knows how much and that sort of thing. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I, and then they kind of start. They kind of threw you something that was like, oh my god, what yeah. if the you know whatever you gotta watch. And somebody was, needs uh, to put that pr- private detective in a movie. That guy use him as an actor. That guy's such an idiot. He's gonna be in the Sweeney Part Two. <laughs> Fucking um, hot chick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I fuck this hot chick, man. <laughs> uh, next thing, uh, number 26, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. And this stars Nicolas Cage, Idris Elba, and uh, some other people. Uh, I like that Syrian Hines who played the devil. Uh, he was almost as good as Kevin Sullivan as the devil. Um, 25, um... Now, this one, uh, I don't know if I would say that, that this is a divisive film because I think I'm the only person on the planet that liked it. But I've watched it about five times, and that is Total Recall, starring Colin Farrell and nice. Kate Beckinsdale. 
and Brian Cranston and Jessica Biel. But uh, Kate Beckinsdale just made it for me. She was such a badass. And uh, Colin Farrell was really good, too. I like the action. I don't give a fuck. I liked it. <laughs> uh, next, uh, number 24, The Avengers, starring uh, yeah. Tony Stark and Captain America and other people. Scarlett Johansson in a tight outfit and the Hulk. Um, <laughs> that's who it starred. I don't care. There weren't actors in that that were the real people. Uh, let's see. Twenty-three. Seeking friends for the end of the world. Uh, this is directed by Lorene Scarfaria and stars Steve Carell and Kira Knightley. Uh, this one touched my cold heart, and it's pretty good. Damn good movie. It's got some funny shit in it, but it's uh, it's it's uh, got some emotional stuff. It'd be a good one to watch with a lady. With oh, one of the Shaitlas. Yeah. Uh, even if she had fake tits with scars underneath of them. <laughs> uh, number 22 <laughs> is uh, To Rome With Love. This is a Woody Allen-directed movie, and Woody Allen also is one of the stars in it. But Penelope Cruz is so fucking hot in this, you will shit yourself. And Alec Baldwin's <laughs> in it, too. Um, 21. So you'll shit yourself. 21, this is my last one. Yeah, you'll shit yourself on Penelope Cruz's tits. Uh, 21, wait a minute. Oh, that was a weird sounding fart. <laughs> 21 is Butter, uh, directed by Jim Field Smith. It's got Jennifer Garner, Hugh Jackman, Ty Burrell, and Olivia Wilde. And Olivia Wilde uh, is fucking super duper hot. She's funny as shit in this, and you pretty much just about see her fucking pussy. Woo! <laughs> I'm talking with legs spread. Woo! Woo! Hugh Jackman it plays a character who has a big cock. Yay! <laughs> that's, usually, that's a role usually reserved for Statham. <laughs> and I'm not a big fan of Jennifer Garner, and that tells you something because I actually like this movie, and she's like one of the main people. Uh, I like her okay, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right, my my thirty through twenty one. Um, my number thirty is um, I just got these out of order. I think this doesn't look right at all. Um, my number thirty. You know, this is my number. 30. Well, this is one I thought that I had. So sorry, you are now gone out of top thirty. Um, my number thirty is one that I was going to consider a top uh, a, a, a twenty thirteen movie. And then was shown that it was actually came out in 2012. So I said, fuck it. Um, probably deserves to be a little higher on the list, but still um, exploring it, I guess. Um, I watched it twice in about a week and started reading the book. That is John Dies at the End. Um, this is a uh, it, Coscarelli directed this, the, the, the phantasm guy. Um, this is a pretty, pretty crazy, crazy film. And I liked it better the second time I saw it. And it's pretty faithful to the book considering the very, very, very limited budget they have. And um, everybody's good in it. And uh, I like is Paul Giamatti. Is it comedy or is it serious or is it, drama? It's like, a, it's like a horror comedy thriller, maybe. Okay. It's With weird. With some sci-fi stuff. With some sci-fi stuff. Well, it's, a, it's these this drug maybe from another dimension that called soy sauce that makes these guys able to basically live like in multiple times at once essentially so they can like see the future and the past and see ghosts and stuff and mm. yeah uh <laughs> it's very bizarre i liked it a lot um my number 29 um this one caught me by surprise and i talked about it a little bit on the show 
this was one I made fun of when I was at the theater. It's a Telugu film that uh, I would never thought I would have a Telugu film in my top 30, but it was a lot of fun. And this is a movie about a man reincarnated as a housefly uh, seeking <laughs> uh, to avenge his own death. And it's called Iga, which means fly in Telugu. <laughs> and it's pretty silly, but it's fun. I mean, you get to watch two and almost two and a half hours of a of housefly trying to murder a guy and the guy that plays the villain is really good in it because he's so like he's so, over the top evil just like a, you'd expect an indian movie and i liked it good stuff um 28 uh this one actually was a divisive film amongst people i think most people probably fall on the side of not really liking it all that much i liked it quite a bit uh this is uh killing them softly well i looked it. Yeah, this is uh, Andrew Dominic, um, directed uh, Brad Pitt and some other people. I love James Gandolfini. He's really good in it, and he's a drunken mess, and he's awesome. Um, this is written by the guy that did um, that did Friends of Eddie Coyle, and it's not Friends of Eddie Coyle. Um, I think people's problems with this movie are probably the kind of some heavy-handed political stuff that that kind of happens in the background, kind of parallel to what we're seeing. Uh, it didn't really bother me. I don't know why, but I didn't really notice it so much. Um, some great, great shots. Uh, good use of slow mo in it, and uh, uh, you know, lots of people sitting in cars talking, and I was okay with that. Um, number twenty-seven. Uh, Paul talked about this one: the perks of being a wallflower. Um, this is a. Uh, I went to the theater, not really even wanting to see this. My wife wanted to see it. I think she had read the book, and. Um, I really, really liked it, and I think I think what I liked a lot about it was it um, it felt nostalgic for me. These people would have been about my age, so they maybe maybe a little bit younger, but you know, I was a I was a teen, almost twenty at this t- at the time this probably took place. Um, I had some issues with the last act of it a little bit, but um, as as far as like getting the time period down and getting like just like the feel of being like an awkward teenager, not quite fitting in was really, it was done really well. Emma Watson was really good in it too. And I think that one's a little bit like seven psychopaths. So it was uh, mismarketed by yeah. its trailer. Cause that trailer was brutal. I, I had no interest in seeing it when well, I, was, I thought it was just going to be like his cutesy girly film. And I mean, yeah, I didn't, that's I didn't, what it I looks like. I didn't even realize that the, a, a, a kid, a boy was the main character of the movie. So um, it is, it was, it was very enjoyable. Um, let's see, 26, uh, Headhunters. Uh, this is a, uh, I think Norwegian film and one of those countries about Mm -hmm. a guy who is a headhunter who also, uh, moonlights as a, an art thief and, um, he steals art from the wrong person. (laughs) <laughs> this guy who's kind of a Sylvester Stallone. Well, yeah, he was well, this guy used to be the old the old uh the old uh, go-to in movies, he like former special forces, but he works for a company now that has developed this ability to track people. So this guy is basically hunting down the art thief through the entire movie and it's really fucking good. Uh, yeah, and the up- bad guy is played by uh the evil Lannister brother from Game of Thrones. Yes. Oh, I knew I recognized him. He's very good. Yeah, he's uh, good in it. It gets um, so fucking brutal towards the towards the second yeah, half. Yeah, yes. And th- <laughs> we had very this the, violent. We had this at the theater and I totally missed it. But if you want to see a guy, uh, if you ever if you like in movies, uh men up to their uh neck or higher in human feces, this is one that is for you. 
Um, That's got to be the scariest dog ever. Yes, yes. Um, Let's see. Number 25, a documentary. um, Not one I planned on watching, but it was championed by a couple guys. You might have heard of them. Um, This is uh, Undefeated, the story of the, the, I don't remember the name of their high school, but the, the... Memphis high school football team and um, uh, Will and Sammy were right. Not really a movie about football as much as it is about the kids and particularly the coach. Um, Really, really well shot. I think it took forever to come out. It's finally kind of floating around now. It's on Amazon instant video if you wanted to rent it there. But um, it's on instant as well. Oh, is it? Okay. That's why I watched it. Yeah, I've I've seen it. I watched it last week. Really good. But I, 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 it's not often that I get kind of like emotionally caught up in a, in a documentary and this one's like that. So, um, you, you really, uh, you really get behind some of these kids and it's, it's, it gets sad. So I liked it. Um, let's see. Number, uh, 24, <laughs> <laughs> um, William Friedkin's, uh, triumphant return to cinema killer Joe from 2011. Uh, or twenty twelve, depending on where you are. Killer Joe with the uh, K Fry C and um, yeah, Matthew McConaughey being a nasty bastard, and uh, Emil Hirsch and some other people. Thomas Hayden Church plays a redneck schlub, and you get to see Gina Gershon's Bush. Uh, pretty good. It's good. Uh, good movie. It's very sleazy, um, and a lot of people saw it alongside another movie that might or may or may not get mentioned a little later. Um, but mm. Killer Joe was. You know, not maybe not one to watch with the misses. <laughs> Unless she likes chicken. I did. You did. I, um, nice. Yeah, me too. I, well, no, I didn't. I, I was watching it, um, um, and she'd fell asleep on the couch, so I put it on, and then she woke up right in the chicken scene. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> she's like, what the oh, fuck are you watching? I've midway through. <laughs> she's like, man, I'm starving. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, let's see. Number, what number am I on? 23. Uh, an action movie that made me teary both times I watched it. Um, already mentioned once already. This is The Grey. Um, I fucking love Liam Neeson in this movie and his little soliloquy at the end is phenomenal. Um, really good. It's, uh, I, I never thought that a, fucking plane crash movie about fucking cgi wolves would be awesome and it is it's really good um let's see number 22 the uh the life of pi uh speaking of cg um another one that i didn't really plan on seeing and i finally caught it most of this takes place at sea with a kid stuck on a survival on on a survival boat with a very pissed off tiger um based on a book and it has a lot of kind of I guess religious exploration in it. Um, this is uh, directed by Ang Lee. It's it's really beautiful, um, and uh, it's 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 thought provoking. I really liked it a lot. I was surprised. Um, I'd see it again definitely. So, um, let's see. And then number twenty one, uh, a film I saw in the theater, and I didn't really have super high expectations for it. Some people compare it to The Raid. It is Dread. Uh, bought this DV, uh, Blu-ray the day it came out, and um, Carl Urban is uh, who would have thunk it? Um, 
Dr. Bones is very good as uh, as Dread. Um it's just a kind of a balls out movie. There's not a lot of not a lot of uh pussy footing around as they would say. It's just a lot of shit exploding and people being very mean to each other. Some really gruesome stuff in it, but um I liked it a lot, so Awesome. That was my 21. That was my my whole list there. So, uh cool. Why don't we let's see. Yeah, we're good time. Let's take a break. And we'll come back and start tackling our next 10, 20 through 11. We'll be right back. find yourself looking for a different type of genre podcast? Do you find yourself on the weekends wondering when you will find that one film that might change your life? Well, then maybe you should check out The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema with your host Big Willie and the Samurai. Bringing class to the trash since 1977 and rocking the house. You can find The Gentleman at ggtmc.com to the trash. sampled from something or was that made for that song that's uh i think that's a mix okay. yeah he, he made that record where busy rascal he made it when he was like 18 in his bedroom yeah. he's massive over here he's yeah. um i've seen him live um at a festival a few years back it really really is good live but he's, he's like without wanting to stereotype but he's very similar to maybe like what a kid you'd see in a tap the block or something like that. <laughs> that kind of. Well, he got he got stabbed, you know, I think, in Africa on a moped at one point. Well, no, that was in Cyprus in Ayanapa. Oh, okay. Ayanapa's where all like uh, yeah, Ayanapa. It's a part of Cyprus. It's like a party. Yeah, I yeah he, he, he was riding there. around on a moped, and someone dragged him off and stabbed him. Jesus. Yeah. All right, guys, time for our twenties. Uh, um, I think, yeah, Chris, you went first last time, so uh, why don't you start us off here? Number 20. 20. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. Oh, I just said our 20s. Those were our 20s. These are our teens. Excuse These are me. our teens. Um, yeah, Dark Knight Rises. Uh, a lot of people had a problem, well, like a lot of problems with it. I think it's not a perfect movie, and it's definitely the, the probably the most flawed of the three, but... Um, Despite that, I think it's also the most ambitious and has a lot of interesting shit in it. So, 
I liked it. Uh, 19 is Killing Them Softly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why people had so many problems with uh, this movie because uh, it's a great fucking crime movie. The dialogue is top-notch. George Higgins. Um, yeah, the, like the sl- you mentioned the slow-mo stuff. The violence in this movie is r- fucking brutal, man. Oh, yeah. The fucking the, 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 the shooting car crash shit. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. That's crazy. Um, yeah, and I think visually it's it's on par with uh, Jesse James. Like, yeah. uh, uh, maybe the political element was like lost on some people, but they're obviously trying to draw a parallel between like the fact that uh, the market crash and everything affects yep. even the crime world. And uh, fair enough, right? Yep. Uh, Eighteen is Dread. Yes. Uh, uh. The the movie that resulted in me spending five hundred dollars on my. <laughs> <laughs> on my credit card and get, having the credit card company deny the sale and call me. Wow. Uh, <laughs> at work, no less. Oh, no. Uh, but I cleared it up and I got my What were you buying? $500 shirt. worth of slow-mo? <laughs> <laughs> well, pretty much, yeah. Like I went back in time from 70s all the way up to the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> fucking 20 volumes or however many. Oh, oh, okay. It's like, what the fuck are you talking I'm still, about? I'm still now on I volume two. Yeah, I got, I'm on volume four. Okay. <laughs> but they, man, those, it, it picks up pace really well. Even by book three, it's, nice. all, that, that Brian Bolland artwork is something to behold. Uh, number 17 is Looper. Yes. Uh, I've seen that two or three times now. I, I watched that. Uh, one day I went out and I watched like the three big movies. I went and saw Dread, Looper, and The Master all back to back in one nice. sitting. I hope I hope you saw The Master first. I saw The Master last. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, it was yeah, it still worked for me. I didn't fall asleep or anything. Okay. Good. Um, yeah, Looper's awesome. Uh, I'm sure everyone knows by now. Uh, Sixteen is probably one of the more uh, divisive movies on my list, and that's Beyond the Black Rainbow. Uh, you know, this is like a, my sci-fi triple threat in the middle. Um, it's full of really cool seventies. Like it looks almost like a, like a seventies Euro sci-fi movie. It's really weird. And, uh, it almost like the, the plot is really slow and uh, almost incomprehensible. And it has like a weird turn towards the end, but, uh, visually it's probably the most, uh, interesting movie all year. Uh, Fifteen is Killer Joe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think I need to talk about that. Everyone's talked it to death. Uh, Fourteen is Nameless Gangster. My nice. one Korean movie. Uh, unfortunately, they've had sort of a downturn in the last few years. Uh, but that movie is so fucking good. I liked, it, I liked it a lot. I, I didn't know what to expect from it. because I didn't know... Well, one, I didn't know that it was a true story, or at least based on uh, reality, but I didn't realize the type of character that guy actually was. Well, he's such a dipshit. He's like, I love, I love that movie because he's, he's kind of like a cross between like Joe Pesci in, in the Scorsese movies. Like he's a loose cannon, Mm -hmm. but he's also, he's not really as much of a badass. He's kind of a pussy too. So, (laughs) and there's a lot of face slapping, which is one of my favorite Asian cinema tropes. (laughs) Uh, 13 is Skyfall, uh, the best Bond movie as far as I'm concerned. Okay. I've fallen off with Bond since the, you know, Pierce Brosnan took over because those movies, I think they suck. Uh, 
and I haven't liked one since then. And I didn't mind Casino Royale, but I feel like this one is the first that feels like it can contend with the other big uh, A-list blockbuster stuff. I really, I really wish that movie had more um, Bardem in it. Yeah, yeah, well, fair he, enough. He's not uh, the, used properly. Like he, he should it, have been a more more influential than he was. It's because he's. I think he's supposed to sort of be the the yin to Bond Yang. Like they yeah. both sort of have the same character arc, and mm-hmm. he's the one that went the dark path, and 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 uh, Daniel Craig's the, like Bond is the one that, that went the light path, and right, sort right. of basically learned from his experience rather than becoming a petty, evil bastard. Some really- and there's a. Bardem has a great fucking reveal at one point. Yeah, yeah, and the the some of the cinematography is just gorgeous in that movie. I really liked like the chi- the Chinese hotel scene. Was yeah, really fucking good. So. That movie got robbed at the Oscars. It should have gotten best cin- cinematography. Um, number twelve is a movie I just watched before we started. Uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Nice. Um, yeah, Catherine. I, I've always loved Catherine Bigelow since I was a kid. Uh, before I knew she was Catherine Bigelow, Near, Near Dark was one of my favorite. Uh, horror movies. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I I thought that stuff like made a pretty good case. I mean, they had to do what they had to do to find who they were looking for. Like, if roles were reversed, I'm pretty sure that stuff's going on on the other end. Like, that's war, modern war. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the way shit works nowadays, unfortunately. But I don't think it's been. I mean, there was a lot of talk about Army of Shadows uh, on first watch lists and. They were doing that kind of stuff in World War II, too. So, um, yeah, and that, yeah, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> uh, I think we were doing the same thing to the, or the Americans were doing the same thing to Japanese people, too. <laughs> well, you know, a little bit, a little bit. Um, why do you hate America? I love yeah, them. Why do you hate oh, America? It's, it's a love hate relationship. You guys are always so mean to us. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that, that last 40 minutes of that movie is, fucking amazing that raid is so tense and well shot and she she's a great action director and i hope that in the next few years her and jim cameron they have a movie uh, yeah, i was laughing at the stuff what paul just fucking posted <laughs> gross all right sorry continue that's <laughs> no, fine uh, i was just gonna say i, I hope there's another uh point <laughs> where uh <laughs> Catherine Bigelow and James Cameron have a movie in contention for Best Picture again, and I hope they seat them together again so I can watch Jim Cameron lose his shit while his (laughs) ex-wife beats his ass all over again. Uh, And number 11 for me was Life of Pi. Nice. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm not a religious person. I'm not a spiritual person, but I like it when movies explore those topics. And beyond that, the visuals are amazing and Ang Lee has to be one of the most diverse directors working in Hollywood right today. Like every movie that he puts out is different from the last. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that movie had me pulling a loaf by the end. It was good. I, I was I was surprised, and and you know what? I think what I what surprised me the most is that I felt like connected to a fucking CG tiger. <laughs> that, yeah, man, I've never like up to this point, they have never been able to make animals on screen look like they're actually connected to the mm-hmm. surroundings they mm-hmm. always look like they're they're slightly hovering over everything yeah. and that fucking tiger is amazing well and the and the, and the monkey and, yeah. and the hyena are pretty yeah. awesome too but yeah and i like the fact that it, it's the message isn't really about faith so much as it is about like 
not believing everything you hear yeah, either. And, sort and coming of to like, your own answers, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's my number 11. Nice. Paul, your teens, please. Right, my number 20. I am the law. Yeah. Dread. The law. I I went in with like absolutely no expectation to this whatsoever. So um, I was really, really surprised by it. Nice. Um, Absolutely brilliant movie. Um, I I just love the way it was shot, the way the action was stylized, um, very futuristic, and it had... um, What's the call from the wire in it? Oh, What's the, um, oh yeah, yeah, right. What's the, I forgot? I Avon know. Barksdale. Avon yeah, Barksdale. <laughs> yeah. So oh, Paul, yeah, number twenty dread. <laughs> <laughs> number um, nineteen paranorman. Um, I love the stop motion animation in this. Um, I went to the cinema with me son to watch it just really really enjoyable loved all the nods it had to old horror movies and things like that in it um number 18 was something chris spoke about before west of memphis cool um this made me i I watched all four back to back over the space of two days when i were off work man (laughs) they're like two and a half three hours each Oh, I was depressed. To... <laughs> but I was having, yeah, but we're like having all kinds of nightmares and not being able to sleep and stuff like that. It, it, it was just, it, just the, the, the way they were treated. Yeah. It just, it really, really does well, rile me because I've got big. I've I'm used to seeing about... those movies, and like I know that case in and out because I've been following it forever. So the actual details don't really affect me quite as much as they used to. But the moment that got really got to me in that movie is when uh, one of them is eating a salad after he gets out of jail, and for some reason, just like seeing them eat real food after being in prison for so fucking long, like yeah. I don't know, man. Once again, I pulled the loaf. Well, my my question about that is okay. They were in jail unjustly, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I don't know if it's a spoiler or whatever. Why didn't they torture him and find out what the truth was? <laughs> to if they only waterboarded those assholes, they would have. They would have the told truth. the truth, just like the guy that they waterboarded eighty six times. Jesus. After the first time, wouldn't he have told everything that he knew? Nope. No. Got to make sure. All right. All right. Go ahead. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it just made you really like how how can the justice system be like that? It's just uh, you know because it's fucking America. You yeah, live just. it or love it, you fucking commie. <laughs> Wait, live it or love it, love it or leave it. Jesus Christ, we got to fill me. the fucking poor profit jails up with somebody. It's jobs. You want you want jobs or not? Capitalism, motherfucker. Well, and to be fair, Canada's not much better. If you watch Dear Zachary, you get a pretty good indication of how fucked up we can be t- from time to time, too. Or, or what, what was the uh, the one with uh, Vincent Cassell? Uh, 
Public Maybe. Enemy or whatever. Oh, they put him in that yeah. Canadian prison. And then it was they like drive a place on truck Earth. In there. <laughs> Jesus. Apparently, it's easy to get out of it, too. So all you got to do is drive a truck through the fence and you're good to go. Well, they didn't do too well. <laughs> it's, in theory, it, it seemed like a good plan. Sorry. Um, number number yeah, 17, that was, that was in that picture. Say that again, Zom. I said that was for posting. Our interruption was for posting the picture. <laughs> uh, all right, Paul. Sorry. Um, number 17, take this waltz. I didn't see this one. Me neither. Oh, no, yeah. It's, um, I mean, Seth Rogen proving he can actually act and not. Although he, there were some traces of some of the roles he's played before and what have you, but... Oh no! I ended up feeling really, really sorry for him. I had um, um, when I was still managing the theater when we had that, and um, I had a lady ask to see me in the middle of that movie, and I come out, and it's the same like toothy cunt that I'd I always field complaints from. <laughs> and uh, she sat there and, t- and yelled, almost yelled at me for five minutes about how what was the term she used that how inhuman that movie was and that we should like put like, she's like, it's, it's not even a movie. It's just, it's just disgusting. It's like, you should put a warning out for movies like this. And what should, the fuck she, I, and then, and then to diffuse the situation, loaf just pointed at his feet and started going. God, what a horror. Yeah. She, she yelled at me about um, the sound in um, what? What was that fucking Glenn Close movie where she was a crossdresser? Um, Harry Brown. Oh yeah, 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 Albert Nobbs. Albert Nobbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yelled at me for the sound in that because all the sound was coming from the front two channels in the theater. I'm like, you realize oh, it's a fucking stereo movie? Yeah. Oh, nice. And then she also complained another time that the one of the water fountains wasn't working, and that was a sign that the theater was failing. I'm like. The now that you're not there anymore, if you see her on the street, do you have like a thing where you're like, okay, if I ever see that fucking bitch, <laughs> oh, should have splashed hot popcorn butter in her face. She was a yeah, fucking, so acid in her face. Oh my God. <laughs> Just a fucking joyless cunt that woman. That woman. Anyway, no, sorry. Texas Waltz. Continue. Cunts are everywhere, <laughs> and they're not always women. Yeah, for <laughs> Michelle Williams, she's probably one of the. the I her. Um, Jessica Chastain and then what, Carrie Mulligan. They're probably the three top actresses. Yeah. Work, well, young actresses working today. Really, really, I'm unfortunate. Played a part really, really well. And my missus is getting really annoyed with me at the minute because I've um, started watching Dawson's Creek on instant again. <laughs> and she, 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 she said to me the other day, you're only watching that because she's in it. And I'm like, no. <laughs> now she's staring at me. Paul's like, <laughs> no, and his hands down the front of his pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scratching, I swear. <laughs> my balls just itched. Leave me alone. Oh. Balls. <laughs> it was my balls. Um, right, what are we up to? Number 16. This is the greasiest, sweatiest movie <laughs> any of us will watch this year. And I know where you go. You're not going to know where I'm going. The paper boy. <laughs> as soon as you said greasy and sweat. <laughs> greasy sweat. Yeah. Um, I thought Zach Afron were really good in it. And we um, very little underpants. And that scene in the freaking hotel room 
where like like Matthew McConaughey has been bum raped and it was sexy, right? <laughs> but like the way that guy just like walks out at room, like oh yeah, Ugh. as if that was the that was the turning slow. point for me on that movie. That's when I was like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> And my balls itch now. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And just actually managing to get like that that scene where Nicole Kidman first visits Cusack in prison and (laughs) actually getting Nicole Kidman and Cusack to do that. That really, really, really impressed me. So I figured yeah, no fact didn't have too much trouble doing it. No, no. I'll do it. Number 15, Argo. Nice. I, get, I, get, I, liked, I really like this movie, and it'll be a lot higher on other people's list. I said this on the voicemail, that because everybody knew that it's an happy ending, it kind of took something away from me viewing it. Like, because, of, you know, whatever way they cut, cut it or made it, you knew... There's going to be an happy ending. Yeah, so that yeah. can took something away, but it's still a really, really well ca- well-crafted film. And Ben Affleck, all three movies he's directed, they've been brilliant as a director. Might be not, not as good as an actor, but as a director, he's been faultless so far, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, number 14, um, Chris and Loaf, you both spoke about this already, Killing Them Softly. Again, like you guys, I don't understand the any of the criticism it got. I thought it was just a really good, tough, gritty crime drama. And I, I'm a, myself, I'm a massive fan of uh, James Gandolfini. Oh my god! Um, so obviously, from the um, to pr- a lot of people said he have was you, bad in that seen... movie, and I don't see it. Like I don't understand the no, complaints no. about his performance. No, not at all. Have you ever seen? Um, Tough guys with Kirk Douglas and yeah. um, Charlton Eston. Right. Justin and I watched that Horror Hound. <laughs> <laughs> right. We did. Right. If, if, if you can find it anywhere, like if it's on TV or whatever, record it, forward it right to the end, the scene with all the policemen. Yeah. And because it, it, don't forget, it was set in New York and that's where Gandolfini's from. And I swear, unless I'm going blind, He's got an he's an uncredited extra in it huh. as a as a police officer. This is before obviously because this was like what late eighties, well, so he weren't even asking. You may go blind. Those <laughs> <laughs> itchy balls will get you. <laughs> so yeah, uh, try and watch out for it. I, I need to. Um, oh, it was on TV here a couple of years ago, and I were like. And I, I didn't have the record, but like, I swear that's James Gandolfini. So I, I need to watch it again, but I swear it's an uncredited extra in um, Tough Guys. Um, number 13, a Canadian film, Monsieur Lazar. Nice. <gasps> Monsieur Lazar. <laughs> it's French. It's French, Tom. You hate the French, don't you? It's what? French for monster lasers, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Zom, your so, micro is your microphone away from your mouth. You're very quiet. That's because I'm eating popcorn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I brought up popcorn butter earlier. 
No, it's Snyder's Cheesy Popcorn. Yeah. It's Hollis. Sorry, nope. sorry, Paul, again. <laughs> We're going to make your list last forever. No. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot to expand on that. I just thought it was um, a really nice, well-crafted movie, movie that put a smile on my face. Yep. Um, number 12, um, End of Watch. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I like that. That yeah. was, the, that was um, my the one that I thought was 30, but was actually 31. So that was, was going to be It didn't make mystery. the list? It be, it just missed, dude. You liked oh, that. I did like it a lot. Hmm? There you go. Yeah, no, but, but brilliantly violent. And um, David Ayer, like between this, Ash Times, and even Street Kings, which I, I like Street Kings. Them. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, Street I did Kings too. Yeah. Good. yeah, that was a good. He's just really good at making cop dramas. So, I mean. I don't think he's one of these. He's 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 not an author looking to, you know, like an Anderson or, you know, a Malik or someone like that. If, he, if he's happy making movies like this, I'm happy to watch it because he's very very good at it. Nice. And there's very few people making tough like cop dramas like that anymore. Take a um, drink and then, every time one of the vatos in that movie <laughs> says fuck. <laughs> you have alcohol poisoning in like 10 minutes <laughs> I watched it again last night by the way nice yeah. number 11 um, this must be the place nice the Paolo Sorrentino movie it's one that again you, you, you're going to be on the side of either loving it or hating it I loved it for Sean Penn although a lot of people say his character's really excruciatingly annoying, but I found him really, really funny. And it's it's just a really, really, really sad film. But um, Paolo Sorrentino, he's one of the best five filmmakers in the world today. Wow. I'd probably put him down as of the newer born directors. I don't know if you've seen any of his other stuff, but he's... Um, Say from the last ten years, he's probably my favourite director. Nice. So I can't wait to see what if he goes back to Europe next, and or if he makes another Hollywood movie. But yeah, I, he's, I got some, he's got some. He's got some obvious uh, El Motivar influence going on. Trains. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sort of. Almost. <laughs> cool. Uh, all right, Dom, your teens. Oh, okay. Well, number 20. Coming in from. Now, see, okay, here's the deal. Um, some of mine were made in 2011, but they either didn't get released here until, you know, whatever, or I didn't fucking get to see them, so whatever. Yeah. Uh, Salmon Fishing in the Yemen with Ewan McGregor Ewan. and Emily Blunt, and uh, I like her. Uh, and I like you and McGregor too. Um, this was a nice movie. It's a uh, yeah, it's a one you could take a chick to, but uh, it's not too chickish. It's uh, just chickish enough. Have you guys uh, seen? Have you seen him in that uh, motorcycle show? Uh, Long way around. Yeah, yeah. I watched. I ha- I own Long way around and Long way down. Yeah, that show is so good. And race to Dakar with Charlie Buderman. I love the and stuff got- with him in uh, Russia. Yeah, it's good stuff. 
Number 19 was Argo. Uh, I I, thought, I liked this movie. I thought it was good. Um, well shot and everything, but it just uh, – I don't know what it was. Uh, I, 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 it just wasn't higher on my list. I like some of the other stuff better. Uh, number 18, Looper. Nice. Joseph Gordon-Levitt with weird makeup on. It was crazy. It was crazy stuff. And it had Emily Blunt in it. And when she was chopping that wooden stuff and carrying that shotgun, I thought it was kind of hot. Um, that is not how you chop a stump out, though. I'm sorry. Yeah, but She's that, not doing that right. I think it was just, that was just a tension reliever. She wasn't trying to remove the stump. They said she actually oh, okay. like hurt herself doing that, too. Yeah. Uh, in real life. Uh, number seventeen, Kill List, starring or directed by Ben Wheatley and starring Neil Ma- Maskell and Miana Burring. Now, this was a crazy fucking movie yep. that Christine Makepeace said, "Hey, it's a crazy fucking movie. You're the there, Tom." <laughs> uh, and it was crazy, and it was weird, and it was it was good though, crazy and weird. Uh, documentary number sixteen called "The Invisible War" about uh, our uh, ladies in. The military getting raped by men in the military. There were some gentlemen in there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I actually watched a um, documentary about disabled veterans climbing. Uh, it wasn't Mount Everest, but it was a you know a mountain climbing movie. And uh, one of the girls in it, uh, one of the women in it, uh, one of her things was that she she had been raped by one of her like her commanding officer or something like that. That's sickening. And this movie will piss you the fuck off. Yeah. Um, Big time. 15, Sugar Man, uh, starring Rodriguez, also known as Tito Santana. Uh, <laughs> I like this movie. It was really good. The uh, Flying Burrito. Yeah, just about everybody I know. You know, I, 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 uh, I have a guy that I work with that's uh, really into music, and he's he buys vinyl and all this stuff and everything. And I told him about the documentary. I said, have you ever heard of it? No. And, and uh, I just played him a couple of his songs. He goes, fuck. And I, I showed him the trailer. He's like, he went home and started fucking getting his music and stuff. Uh, number 14, sleazy, sweaty, and greasy. <laughs> Uh, let's see. What can I say about the paper boy? I will say this cause I say it all the time. I thought Macy Gray was excellent in this and yep. she gets overlooked because of Matthew McConaughey's, uh, gaping butthole and Nicole Kidman's. <laughs> uh, but she was, she really was good. And, uh, there was a couple of moments in there that were just, uh, not only touching, but like when Zach Efron says something in front of her, that just kind of just really, it just broke your heart, you know? Um, I was touching. I was touching when Zac Efron got peed on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, no, sorry. Piss humor. Uh, Thirteen. End of watch. Uh, Jake Gylan. Gylan. Hale. I think yeah. Galen Hall. Gylan. Gylan Hale. Yeah. Um. Tony <laughs> take a drink every time they say fuck and uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Uh, number 12, Coriolanus, uh, directed by Ray Fiennes, starring Ray Fiennes, Gerard Butler, and Brian Cox. I thought this was excellent, and I don't think it got the love that it deserved. I thought it was really good. I'm going to buy it. I thought it was that good. Um, number 11, Haywire, Steven Soderbergh with Gina Carano kicking fucking men's asses. <laughs> this movie's good enough that it overcame the fact that Channing Tatum was in it. And I still think he, man, I'm telling you what, that first scene when he comes in there and they're sitting in the, she's sitting in the little, 
uh, food place. He comes in and sits down. It's like, Jesus, effing Christ. And then she fucking Sasha Gray was fucking better than he is. Um, no, <laughs> was that? Okay, that's 11. So I stopped now, right? <laughs> Stop now, yes. Good. All right. Nice, nice. Um, all right, my 20 through 11. Uh, number 20 for me was a very smart film, very intelligent, very... Um, Every char- every character made a perfect a, a perfect human response to trouble, and that would be Prometheus. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, now what the, you know the, that the way I argued that uh, you know it's really it's not necessarily any of those things, but the way I argued it, it probably sounded like it was going to be higher on my list. But this is you know for a movie that you buy a fucking bucket of greasy popcorn and you go and sit and watch in the summer. It was pretty fucking good, and mm-hmm. you know. I'll just say I was thinking about this yesterday. If you're you're probably not smarter than the dudes that write these movies, and if you are, then stop fucking adding science to the fucking movies. It's okay. People make mistakes. It's just an entertaining movie. Just you know, human beings make mistakes. Let me tell you something. All scientists aren't perfect, and they have emotional responses and shit. Yeah. And fuck you, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> fucking asshole. Um, no, Prometheus. It was, it was fun. I liked it a lot. Um, let's see. Number 19, uh, uh, Paul mentioned it, Monsieur Lazare. Um, Canadian film, touching film. Um, this is... Um, who directed this thing? <laughs> what the hell? Uh, uh, Philippe Falardy. Did I say that right? Um, this is a good little movie. I, um, I really liked... Um, it's dealing with and i don't i don't i guess it's big uh at, in the area but just dealing with like muslim uh relationships that sort of thing muslim like the, the muslim or middle eastern people in the, the quebec area um you know a separation was another canadian film which that one didn't take place really in canada right but um Another uh, another solid solid movie. This kind of similar kind of feel, but this this one's a little this one's lighter, obviously. But this is um, you know grade school teacher, and it's a heavy subject, and the teacher that kind of sets it all in motion. Yeah, it's fuck her, <laughs> you know. But it's a, it's a good it's a good movie. Um, let's see, uh, uh, number eighteen, Cabin in the Woods. Uh, I saw Shit. this at the theater. <laughs> Another one that Zom apparently yeah, forgot. I, forgot. I, I just, that one a lot. just bumped it off the list this morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Drew Goddard and uh, ri- written by Joss Whedon. I think Whedon probably had Whedon. some uh, directorial input as well, but really fucking fun uh, movie. And um, I, you know, I, I left smiling. I, I, th- I thought it was, uh, I thought it was pretty good. Mm. Um, just a cool little when. Uh, you know, there's a there's a a reveal very early on. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Ah, okay, <laughs> really cool. Go into this one cold if you haven't seen it at this point. It's fun. Um, I think I just talked. I talked about a separation. I meant to say, um, fuck. What was that other one? The other the Canadian movie. Uh, in, oh, and Sandy. That's what I meant to say. Not a separation. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um. I don't know what made me just think of that. Uh, number seventeen, French film, another uh, uh, one of the we talked about it before we started recording. A depressing French movie, um, Police, I guess you say it, um, about the juvenile crime or like 
basically they investigate the mistreatment of children and uh, pedophilia and stuff like that. The special force of, of the uh, Paris police force. Um, this is on Netflix, and this is a this is a punch to the dick. This is a, a, a t- not a not a happy film in any way. Um, you guys watched a lot of depressing and unhappy movies. <laughs> yes, um, this is really good. A um, little long, but um, that's what she said. Very very uh, effective film. Uh, number sixteen, sweaty, greasy, pulpy, <laughs> Paperboy. Uh, surprised me. It was a random red box rental, and uh, I was like, "Holy shit!" This director's pissed. From the director of Precious, um, <laughs> what is that guy's name? Lee Daniels. Oh, is he the same yes. director? Steven Spielberg. Lee yeah, same director. Oh, Lee Daniels. Yep, yep. And Zac Efron and his what? tidy whities and John. I've still Cus- not seen Precious. I have never. I have not seen it either. And someday, yeah, me neither. We're been, saving it for a review. We've been joking about it since episode one. We're going to do gonna, it with Orca. We're going to review it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. She was in this movie, too, briefly. No, no, no. She was in another movie. Never mind. She Precious. was in another movie. She was in another movie. <laughs> yes, that, she was. <laughs> that we talked about. Uh, that we've already talked about. Uh, she was in uh, uh, Seven Psychopaths. Yeah, that's Macy Gray, right? No, no. Not Macy. No. <laughs> yes, Macy Gray. The big fatty Macy Gray. Um, let's see. Number 15, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Uh, another documentary in my list. Only uh, I got a handful this time. Um, this is... Um, I, I, I'm i not a huge sushi fan either. I don't like fish. The, I like sushi. The way... Well, yeah, I mean, if you like sushi, uh, this is worth seeing definitely, but it's... I think Philip Glass did the, mo- did the sound... the uh, music to it and beautifully filmed, but what was very interesting to me about this was the relationship between the sons and the dad. Mm-hmm. This, the dad is like hanging on. He's like 700 years old and his poor son has been working under him for fucking like eight, eight, 80 years, you know, still I hate you, dad. Yeah, for real. And then, you know, the other son's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here and opening my own place. And, and I, it's, it's just very intriguing. I liked it yeah. a lot. That older brother, one of these days, is going to drop down on his knees and open up his guts with a big chef knife. <laughs> a, bam- a bamboo chef. Oh knife. God damn it! Yeah. Oh no! You better, you better edit. Okay. The uh, um, yeah, I think I better edit. Yeah. Start, just start, to me start, start writing. Um, number four. Shit! But I'm in top fucking ten. What the fuck am I going to edit? Do it. Uh, right. Number number fourteen. God damn it! Um, a, a Turkish film, Once Upon a Time in Anatolia. This movie, um, this is not an easy watch. It's almost three hours long, like two and a half. It's uh, it's sparse. I guess you could that would be a good description of it. Um, not a lot happens. It's dudes riding through a countryside looking for a corpse for most of it, but possibly of all the films I watched it, for these t- for this top thirty, I thought about this one more after the fact. And I really think that if I watched it again, that it would even be higher than this. Um, Will mentioned it and that he said he had a problem with the, there's a, the movie's kind of split into day or night, then into the day. Some of the day stuff for me just still worked really well. He said he, did, he kind of lost it a little there, but the, the, the characters, nothing really is given away. This is a, this is like the cameras are turned on at midnight and turned back off again at noon the next day, and you really don't get a lot outside of the guys' conversations about what they're even about 
and just some beautiful shots in this. It's just a it's a terrific it's a terrific movie. It's it's challenging, and don't watch it at night. Don't watch it when you're sleepy because <laughs> you'll probably pass out. But it's a good coffee movie. Um, let's see, number thirteen, The Avengers. Yay! Uh, as we all have a as we've established on the show, I was not a fan of Thor. Um, I'm not a fan of the second Iron Man movie. You're a fan of Captain America. I was a fan of Captain America, but I went into this with reservations. I did not see it in the theater, and it was one of those ones I was going to be like, yeah, I don't know, man, I'll just keep holding off. I held off and held off. I finally watched it about a month ago, and I was just fucking just grinning. Um, again, I guess maybe I've turned the corner on Joss Whedon. I, I've never really been a Buffy fan or anything like that, but he did something right with this, and when fucking Loki meets Hulk, I, I rewound that shit like eight times, and it's... Uh, I mean, I, I had a lot of fun with this, um, and um, I'll definitely see the next one. It makes me even excited for the new Iron Man movie, even though it might suck. So, um, Number 12, another documentary. Um, we reviewed this on the show. It is uh, Glow, the story of gorgeous ladies mm. of wrestling. That's um, on iTunes, by the way. You can uh, rent it now. Finally. Yeah, this movie. I'm not sure. It might be on Netflix. I didn't look, though. Yeah. Long, long time coming. Um if you're if you were into glow or at all or if you like wrestling and um this is just this was really good there's some really touching stuff in it um just a, it's a good wrestling documentary and i forgot cool. about that two years in a row i've had a wrestling documentary on my top list it was memphis heat last year so um and number 11 almost almost cracked the top 10 and another one that i was not expecting anything from and now i've bought the four disc set of it this is the Canadian super low budget film Father's Day. Yeah. Uh, this this is about a budget of fifty bucks and it shows, but it's fucking it's gross. And <laughs> it it's sure fun, fucking is. And it's funny. And the guy Good maple syrup gags. Oh my god. So <laughs> you know, dumb humor, but man, I lo- I really liked the gags when he's uh when they were asking him about uh, banging his sister at one point. Those were pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen this, so it's funny. It's, it's sounds good to me. So it's a funny, yeah, gory movie. See a dude and hump gets, a bed covered in meat, and this yeah, is the movie it gets fucking you. ridiculous. Um, what is this a trauma movie? Yeah, it is. Oh, I'm just looking, yeah, pretty much. It's a, it's a right. I'm just looking it up on Amazon. Right, I'll, they, um, they distributed it. Wish These list. guys were like indie filmmakers before, and then yeah. trauma. Like Lloyd Kaufman agreed to distribute it for them. I'm really, really, oh, really God. looking forward to um, Manborg. To, to Manborg. Yes, <laughs> after Manborg. I saw this, Manborg looks awesome. And the way they the way they do this movie is just you know you got you have the the cans and the cannots when it comes to recreating that feel of a certain time period in cinema. Um, and I feel like this did the really a really great job and showed reverence to just shitty '80s cinema. Well, and and it's surprising that. Like for for me personally, two Canadian movies have gotten that feeling down the yeah, best. Yeah. This and Hobo with a Shotgun, yeah. like th- that they do they do that sort of. I'm pretty sure Zom would not like not like no, uh, no, no. Father's Day very much. Probably so. not. Right. Uh, but it's 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 not so much '70s grindhouse as it is early early '80s sleaze. Sort yeah, of, yeah. And like, I wa- I watched Newcomb High uh, this week. And I, uh, this is the first time I've ever watched the movie all the way through, and. It, I mean, Father's Day fucking nails it, man. It's it's yeah, same yeah. kind of. I mean, Father's Day is more graphic than yeah. stuff Troma did, but you know, it's the same kind of feel. It's 
just bad acting. But, you know, these people know that they're not great actors. And maybe they are, and they're just acting bad and well. I don't know. But, I don't know. It it worked well. It's funny. And um, just really out there. Like, it it, tur- it went some ways that I was not expecting at all. So. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was that was my uh, twenty through eleven. Awesome, cool. We're coming down to the 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 the, the meat of the program, Daddy. Um, our top tens coming up right after this break. Hey there, boys and girls. This is Maverick New York filmmaker Abel Ferrara, director of such films as Driller Killer, Miss 45, Bad Lieutenant, China Girl, Fear City, and Nine Lives of the Wet Pussy. And I'm not out power drilling hobos, smoking rock cocaine, hanging out with Bruce Willis. Uh, when I'm not doing that, I'm listening to The Milk Creeps. It's a podcast, whatever the fuck that is. They covered my movie Driller Killer on their very first episode, so they're obviously sick fucks. If you like that kind of thing, check them out on Facebook or iTunes. Yeah, they're called the Mill Creeps. All right. For more information, go to facebook.com slash millcreeps, millcreeps.lipson.com, or look up the Mill Creeps on iTunes or Stitcher. Two ladies, maybe. Um, yes, and definitely uh, check out check out Chris's show, Mill Creeps. You guys are doing some good shit. I like. I've been likes. I've been listening. I'm I'm, I'm halfway through episode four. Um, what did we do on episode four? I don't remember. Um, I don't even know. I, I think I'm. I don't even know if I'm halfway. I think I think I'm still doing the beginning part where you guys are doing like the. Um, oh, that's the one we just. That was last week. Yeah, you were do, you're doing the uh, to, 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 uh, pink flamingos, and I forgot. Yeah. Your, I forgot your Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> pink flamingos and Jesus Christ. Yeah. You want to see open buttholes? That's yeah. You're gonna see it. That 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 butthole is dancing and is almost prolapsed <laughs> on camera. Damn. Cool. Um. Oh, and I, I never heard uh, this. Um, this this band you gave us today, uh, Guincho, El Guincho, El Guincho. This is this, it was a pretty cool song. I never heard this. Before. That that album is one of my favorite albums of like last five years. Nice. I'll check it out. Check out more. It's called the Pop Negro. Very good. Um. So, time for top tens. Dante um, would hate that. <laughs> yeah. Good old Dante. We love you, buddy. 
Um, so we're going to do the uh, traditional now uh, rotation as opposed to going straight through. So um, we'll start with Chris and keep in the same order. All right, Chris, you're number 10, please, sir. Number 10 uh, is one I know you had a bit of a problem with, Loaf. Um, Rust and Bone, mm. starring Marianne Cotillard and Bullhead. I don't, I don't know his name. Know. Bullhead. <laughs> um, starring Bullhead. Starring Bullhead. Um, I watched this yesterday, and I know you had a problem with the lead not being exactly a likable dude. Okay, and I, I need to. I guess I need to qualify that a little because I'm okay in movies where guys aren't likable. And what I felt like is the way the story was done. By the end, he is rewarded way too much. Like he's given. We are told that he is now redeemed for, and all he has done has been a shithead except for one little thing, and that that was my big problem with it. But yeah, I think but that, it's, that happens in life a lot. Yeah, that's the reason. The reason I liked it is because it's about yeah. it's about those two characters basically. Look at GGTMC. <laughs> <laughs> all they ever did was spawn silver and gold, and look at all the fucking praise they get. Yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, they also spawn the male creeps. So never. Heard um, what? Uh, <laughs> huh? Um, cree, cree, cree. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I knew I'd get one. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, but I, I think the movie is mo- about both characters sort of yeah. uh, finding their second wind in their in their life. Uh, because, I mean, I don't think he's a complete bastard because he basically helps Cotillard through her dark time. And then she in turn sort of does the same for him. Um, no, I mean, not to spoil anything, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. A, sort of a, redemption, a re- redemption story. And uh I really I thought both characters were equally interesting and I he's he's interesting because he's so matter of fact mm-hmm. like he's he's basically completely open about the fact that he's a selfish prick mm-hmm. and he gets off on beating the shit out of people and and stuff like that but I think he has a change of heart towards the end and uh I think fair enough I mean he he helps her out and and uh basically goes from you know considering her like a pal to actually sort of falling for. Her. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's a dark sort of miserable movie. Uh, but I was surprised that at a lot of spots where it could have gone over the top dark, it didn't like it, it just yeah. pulled back before it got too fucking depressing. And, you know, like some of that stuff turns into misery porn. And I don't think that this really does. And I, I Cotillard, especially her turn is really fucking cool. Yeah, the the and some really really nice uh, special effects in it. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely a, a, a complex movie. But uh, I liked it a lot. And apparently, Cotillard's character in the book was a man. Really? Oh, so was it two men in the movie in the book? Well, because the book is actually a bunch of short stories. So okay. it, I I'm, I'm assuming because I've had the book for a few years and I never actually got around to it. Um, but apparently. Uh, it's a bunch of short stories, so I'm thinking they may have amalgamated some of those mm. plots into one story. Bullhead really fell for a pal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fell right in his butthole. <laughs> awesome. All right, Paul, you're number 10, sir. Yeah. Um, this is a French film by the Darden Brothers, The Kid with a Bike. Nice. Yep. 
Um, it just um, reaffirms your faith in humanity, really. It's just a, such a really nice, beautiful story, the way um, Cecile de France goes out of a way to help this young, troubled boy. Um, yeah, what a shithead his dad is. He's, oh, he's an asshole. Yeah. He's, you, well, he's in... Um, the Dad and Brothers made a film in 2005 called... Um, the French name for it's Infant, the the child. And um, he's, the guy who plays his dad um, plays a dad in in the the child. And in the child, he's an even bigger asshole. He tries selling his kid. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he's a, so, yeah, he's a, this guy has a thing for playing asshole dads. But, yeah, no, it's a lovely little movie really well shot I bought it on blue as a, as a blind buy nice. I'd heard um, Will, Will had big, bigged it up so I thought it, we were only what £10 on blue like I had a bit of cash on me while I really shot one day so I was like I'll snap that up and um, so it's on instant now Cool. but yeah if you haven't seen it it's really worth um, checking out I really really enjoyed it that's one of the things I like about um, French films and uh Japanese, a lot of Japanese films are the same in that they, they're they willing to have such unlikable characters in their movies. Mm-hmm. And they try, to, they try to force you to see stuff from their perspective maybe a little bit. Because, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Sword of Doom lately. And, god damn, that's one of the most evil, miserable characters <laughs> I ever put on film. So. Very nice. Cool. Zom, you're number 10, sir. We pioneers will spawn the first generation blessed yes. with free will, taking vengeance upon those whose arrogance once assumed our servitude. With each passing day, we go stronger, digging deeper into <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and whatever, the day of reckoning. Nice. <laughs> uh, this movie had to be in the uh, top ten. It started out in probably like position one or two <laughs> but it, it did drop down but um if we went by what movie what movies i've watched over and over and over the most mm-hmm. it would be right up there but um universal soldier day of reckoning yay! we've talked a lot about that one it, in in uh, full full disclosure this one barely missed my top 30 i i, I felt like the movie itself was too long i like uh, I like Regeneration better, but this movie was a big fucking surprise. Um, yeah, I like Regeneration better too, but yeah. it, this one is definitely like not anything you would ever expect from a straight to DVD type of thing. It was not at all. And after I heard about it coming out, that's when I that's what made me check out uh, Regeneration mm-hmm. before I watched this one. And man, both of them were just fucking. They blew me away for you know what I was expecting, especially after seeing the second. Universal Soldier movie, that thing was well, a piece of crap. To see a, a direct-to-video director take from Gaspar Noé and Apocalypse yeah. Now yeah, and yeah. jam those things if together. If you have epilepsy, you're fucked watching. <laughs> yeah, and that thing, that movie actually is almost more epileptic than uh, Enter the Void. Some <laughs> My of those friend shots, actually, t- he turned away from the. To, for, I did too. I had because to he down. said it's just fucking when Van Damme, when they started flashing, he was like, Jesus Christ. He goes, I can't fucking take this. <laughs> I was yeah. like, shut up, you fucking pussy. I need to I need to watch the uh, I still need to watch the commentary or listen to the commentary with, yeah. with Dolph because it was good. His commentary on uh, regeneration was pretty good. So. Yeah, I need to listen to that. I listened to the other one. Cool. Uh, let's see. My number 10. 
Um, this one is really fucking long. Um, but the fact that it hung with me so long, despite uh, my seeing it when I was really sick uh, in bed, um, it's this is a uh, three three hundred and twenty minute movie broken into two parts. Um, this is the twenty twelve Indian film Gangs of Wasipur. Um, oh, nice. Originally nice. intended to be one film, but the company that released it felt that marketing a five-plus-hour film would be impossible, <laughs> so they broke it into two parts. Um, I watched it in two parts, so if you're concerned about seeing a five-hour film, it still works that way because, the. I mean, it it literally is it's, it's broken up as it should be. Um, the, 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 the leads in it, um, really the, in the first part, this uh, man, I, I, I'm, I'm going to slaughter these guys' names, but Manoj uh, Bajpayi is in the first part, and then his son, played by, and this this name's way over me, but Nawa Nawazuddin uh, Sidiqui. Um, both of them are really fucking good, and he plays just a really like just troubled dude. Uh, Nawazuddin plays this really just troubled dude, and he fucking smokes all kinds of pot in the movie. His eyes just stay <laughs> swollen and red, and they smoke out of this giant like they have to lean back this fucking like tube. It's crazy. Yeah, Paul, yeah. it must have been love. <laughs> but yeah, um this it's like I mean not not to say it's Godfather, but it's like Indian Godfather. It's, it takes place over generations. It's um it's a it's an epic movie. Um I've had it I've had it and I just it's so hard to make time for that. <laughs> what don't don't be afraid to watch part one then part two because they yeah. work they work separate. They it, it's it it still works okay. Um very stabby movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And lots of like homemade bombs and shit like that. But it's, you know, and Will said it on their top 30 show. Um, this is not a Bollywood film. It is, it is, yes, it's in Hindi. And yes, there's music. There are no pr- like produced musical numbers, however. I mean, the music, the farthest they get to performing music is guys in prison singing a song together. Um, so why are all their movies so long? I, I honestly, I, I, I've well, looked at their stuff, like Bollywood stuff on Netflix, and it's all like pushing three hours. I, th- I honestly, I think it's a, it's a very cultural thing for Indians to uh, get their money's worth out of things. The way oh, they, broad. the way that, well, well, the way they do, the way they do business and everything. It's like b- getting value out of things is a is a big deal, and it it became a thing to make long movies that people could pay. You know, you'd pay the same price, and you get to you get double the movie. And well, I, and I guess they pro- they probably have lots of like uh, genre mixing stuff in there too, right? Well, yeah, every movie is like to, uh, made to appease. And we, if you ever watch the typical Bollywood film, this is this this movie stands out because most of them are action. There's romance. There's music. There's a little bit of everything, so that entire families can come. Mm-hmm. And and it's it was a it's uh, culturally speaking, it was it was. You know, working at a theater that showed Bollywood films, it's a completely different experience when a nine o'clock show on a Friday night would be sold out. And this is a show that gets out at midnight and there's kids like six years old running around at at intermission. There's always an intermission (laughs) and everybody just comes together. They all talk. They go to they eat beforehand and they come to see this movie and they all like they everybody kind of yells and whistles and everything like that. Telugu movies, too. That's the same thing. And yeah, that's a lot like uh, '80s Hong Kong stuff, where they just jam 
like all that yeah. wacky comedy stuff with extreme violence and 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 weird romance stuff. And I just I, I yeah. do feel like, and I've not done any research on this, but I feel like Bollywood films are as they are, just to appease to the most people possible and to have people feeling like they got a lot of movie. And there's a lot. There's some people out there making very different movies, and this one obviously is long, but like um, Amir Khan who makes Bollywood films now, or he makes Hindi films now that. You know, they barely hit two hours or an hour and forty minutes, and there's no music in them. Like his, uh, he produced one called. I'm gonna have to look up the name of it. I can't remember, but it's just got kind of like this weird, like love triangle kind of movie. And there's really there's only two songs in it. I think no nobody singing or dancing. It's a good movie. Mumbai. One of the one of the other ones on my list was a Bollywood movie. It was called Kahani. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I never saw that one, but yeah, that one was pretty pretty popular. So yeah, um, but yeah, Gangs of Wasipur. It's it's an epic movie, but if you take some time with it, it's it pays off really good. Um, cool. Uh, let's see, Chris, your number nine. Uh, my number nine is a Django. 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 When you shoot them, the blood explodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's not Tarantino's best, but mm-hmm. I mean that that doesn't really mean much because this stuff's so damn good. Yeah. And I think it that whole last chunk it goes a little long, but I think it's necessary. Um, but either way, it it doesn't feel its length, and it's I don't know, it's entertaining from start to finish, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Bloody as hell. Yes. We have my when we saw that my uh, my wife leaned over and she said. Because a friend of ours had seen it right before us and told her how violent it was. And she's like, I thought Neil said this movie was violent. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it just fucking blew up. So I, I do hope he gets away from the uh, vengeance stuff uh, from, from this point on. Because yeah. that, that plotting is getting a little old. It, uh, it, I think it just plays so heavy in the films that influence him. Maybe he'll do yeah. like a rom-com sometime because he, <laughs> he, he loves those fucking romantic comedies. I, even a heist movie, I think he'd make a really good sort of period style heist movie too. Yeah. Awesome, Paul. Your number nine. My number nine is The Raid. Nice, nice. Yeah, um, I saw this in the cinema the day it got officially released here out of the cinema. Um, we're quite lucky here; we do get a lot of foreign movies. Um, showing in our major cinemas so I was lucky to see it that way I was unlucky in the sense that the night before there was at, and a, it, but it was on at midnight and they had work the next day there was a screening with um, Gareth Evans the director doing a Q&A at my local cinema um, the director so I was gutted to miss out on that but yeah the, watching it on the big screen it just blew my mind and um, I bought the Blu-ray since. I mean, everybody's talked about it. The action sequences, it does play very much like a computer game. Yeah. Um, part, part of my uh, problem with it was because I saw it in the theater, and I, I don't know if it's already a dark movie, but I think my theater had the brightness even lower, so I could barely fucking tell what was going on. Do you know if it was, uh, was it, did you see it digitally or did you see it on film? Uh, I think they've all converted digital here. Okay, okay. Um, and yeah, it was so dark, I could I could barely tell what was happening. Huh. Man and towel. 
All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Zom, your number nine. My number nine is 2012, directed by <laughs> Stefan Ruzowitzki. And it's Deadfall, starring Eric Bana, Olivia Wilde, Chris Christopherson, Charlie Hunnam, Kate Mara, Sissy Spacey, and Treat Williams. This is good. This is Eric Bana's best performance, I think. Wow. And uh, Olivia Wilde. Is Chopper? Is... Yes. 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 Crazy. Yeah. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> no, but it's good. And uh, Olivia Wilde, again, is super hot. And Treat Williams is a super dickhead. And yeah, <laughs> it's got a lot of dad stuff in it. So Loaf will like it. I had not even heard of this, honestly. I rented it on iTunes before it was in uh, theater release, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Fuck, man, this is." Good. I saw the cast, and I was like, "Jesus Christ, man, look at that cast." Okay, I'll just <laughs> rent. And I was like, "Jesus Christ, that's fucking good." <laughs> I watched it. I bought it. I watched it, and I watched it like probably at least four times. Awesome. All right, I saw, my, um, my number nine. This is a film that before I started the cram. I was certain would be my number one of 2012. Um, something about this really, really, really worked for me. Um, and, uh, well, I'll just say it. It's, it's uh, Looper. Um, I, after seeing it a second time, I think it pushed it down this, this far as well. Not, not that top ten's a bad place to be. Some of, the, some of the stuff in the middle drags on, but... And that's really just my only issue with it now. But um, I'm a sucker for movies about time travel. And I am the opposite of one of the people that tries to poke holes in movies about time travel. Yeah, same um, here. Because it it doesn't... I mean, time travel doesn't exist. Well, and, and all you're really doing is fucking up the experience for yourself. Or does it exist? Or does it? Am I actually from 1950? Um <laughs> I don't. I mean, you know, when I read, when you read too much in it, it's it, it's just it's just you know it, it ruins the experience, and there's no reason to do it. I, there was a funny cartoon that I saw about um, you know the the realities of time travel. That if you really hop back in time, odds are the Earth wouldn't even be in the same place, so you'd just be floating out in the middle of space. So, oh no, that's bullshit. <laughs> So, um, you know, if you think about it that way, and there's probably no time travel lot movie that works, but I thought this was really well done and it took, <laughs> I, I'm dense enough to where I didn't realize why at first, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt's makeup looked like it. <laughs> I was like, why does, why did they put that? Ma- oh, <laughs> um, really fucking good looking movie. And, uh, Ryan Johnson, he's, uh, you know, he's done this and brick and something, uh, the Bo- brothers bloom that I haven't seen, but He's uh, he's one that I'll pay attention to. Um, well, it's a, and really cool, uh, clever ways of using tr- time travel too. Like the yeah. the stuff the stuff with uh, what's his name's character, the kid from There Will Be Blood. Oh the yeah, stuff with him. That 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 whole sequence is one of the the coolest things I saw this year. Paul Dano is he's yeah he's a mess. In yeah, the he's movie. great. And uh, fucking the sniveling Noah Segan and um, the uh, and Jeff Jeff Daniels. I mean. I like Holy that and yeah, I like that. <laughs> but it, it's it's really it was really cool the way that's done because 
this isn't like this like glitzy you know mob set in new york city this movie is in fucking like kansas city kansas and uh you know he's maybe top dog there but anywhere else he's just a schlub and i don't know well, and, uh, not many people have talked about it i think i heard it brought up a couple times but it seemed like jeff daniels and noah segan are supposed to be the same dude I, is that I, just me? I no, I've heard I've heard that and I tried to figure out if that were the case because like I think, the fact that he's sort of like he he lets him get away with more than anybody else. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I feel like because I, I watched this I watched the commentary with this and I feel like Ryan Johnson brought that up maybe, but mm. there's one part in particular of something that Daniels does to Noah Segan's character and mm-hmm. and I don't recall seeing the uh repercussions of that if that right sense. right so that was the only thing i would say but anyway good good movie for me um i bought it the day it came out on the blu-ray um so yeah number nine uh so chris you're number eight my number eight is end of watch nice uh i saw this like i i wasn't initially interested in checking it out and i just sort of uh just randomly saw it with low expectations. It was a little before everyone was talking about it. And uh, I love crime films. And I love cop movies especially. And there's not a lot of good cop movies nowadays. It was a, a big genre in the 70s. And in some ways, this kind of reminds me of like something like um, The New Centurions. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite cop movies of all time. Great. And yeah, this fucking... They they make them so unlikable initially because they're such fucking hothead, uh, asshole, douchebag, jockey sort of characters. And by the end, like you're you're, loaf, you're loafing it all the way. Did you cry? <laughs> I did. I did cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not. No, I didn't no, either. I didn't, I I'm a man. Yeah, fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Paul, you're number eight. <laughs> My number eight, um, Killer Joe. Nice. Yep. Um, well, we spoke about it earlier. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the, the, poor Mrs. Um, the poor Mrs. waking up at the wrong time. Oh, no. Um, but we're going to delve into it further. The young girl in it, what was the scenes between... What's her name in real life? Um... I don't uh, remember. Keep talking. But um, her, her scenes with McConaughey, they they were just creepy. Juno, like, <laughs> yeah, Juno, Juno Temple. Is that who you're talking so, about? Juno Temple. Yeah. Because you don't know how old. Like, some, somebody said this. It, it might have been one of the gents when they were describing it in, in their list. Um, that you don't, you don't know how old she is. You, she, you don't know whether she's eleven or twelve, or she's just a really dumb she's older Brit- teenager. She's British. Did you know that she's British? She's British. Yeah, is she? That makes it even creepier. Eleven. <laughs> Fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah, 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 but the, but that's it because you never really know her age. Yeah, when You're I like, first watched this? it, and they were they were they were he was making her take her clothes off, and he was like, "How old are you?" And she was like. 12 or 13 or something. I'm like, what the fuck? Didn't Max Hardcore go to prison for this? <laughs> you know, simulating uh, underage sex or whatever. And and then someone said that they thought that she, because he said, 
he when he was doing what you know in yeah the he's like scene. I'm twelve too like they, yeah, he's like, it's like yeah. a, it's a fantasy but I yeah. thought they meant that she was twelve and he was the one that was like saying I'm twelve too and I'm like fuck a duck <laughs> she's twenty she's like I think she she's gonna be twenty three twenty four this year so. so does that make it okay to beat off to that scene mm-hmm. definitely cool yep. <laughs> oh, thank God <laughs> uh, cool Zom you number eight. Number eight, the gray. Yeah, nice. Yeah, we've already talked about wolves and shit and god Ooh. and shit and wolves. And the scene and shit. in the airplane after the crash with the one guy that was hurt and Liam Neeson talking to him, uh, fucking chokes me up every yeah, goddamn me too. time. Oh yeah, Jesus Christ. Oh, that was tough to take. <laughs> We're all pusses. Paul, have you <laughs> cried in any movies yet? Me up. I didn't say I cried. Have you cried at any movies we've talked about yet, Paul? Let me think. Um, <laughs> you need to get in on the club. Here. No, but no, but I'm getting up to a um, okay, okay, okay. Few that are dead. So. Yeah. I think I cried in almost each of my top ten. Nice. Almost. Maybe <laughs> barring a couple, I cried in Looper. Of my thirty, there's probably twenty that I cried. <laughs> I cried in Looper. Or did you cry? In? <laughs> I cried last year, and my number one for last year was Warrior, and I cried at the end of that. Nice. Wait, so what, what yeah. did you ask on? What part of Looper did you cry in? Um, I'm trying to think if I can talk about the it part, without spoiling. Oh, it's, uh, the, 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 the one part with Bruce Willis and his lady. Yes, yes, that, that, that got me. Was, they just set that up to be so such a special thing, and, you know, you just, when you, like, put yourself in that position and you're seeing that if you were in his shoes, I mean, it was really, yeah. but I didn't cry. Fuck yeah. It. And the very, the very end of the movie, I, I, I got, I got teared up both times I've seen it. So, yeah. um, okay. So I cried over how bad Joseph Gordon Levitt's makeup was. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. It looked good. Yeah. No, the, it didn't. It the, um, weird. Did you have anything else about the gray? Um, just Gordon Levitt's makeup. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number eight is one that's jumped around on my top. It's, it's, it has not left the top ten since I've seen it, but it has jumped around. It finally settled to this, this afternoon at number eight. Um, it is a French film, but not all that depressing. Um, this is, uh, I don't know how to pronounce the director's name, so I'll just say the movie. It is Holy Motors. Um, oh yes, that, Dennis Levant plays like forty-five different roles, and he's awesome in all of them. And hmm. um, it's it's a very strange movie, um, and it's kind of like a, I guess a love letter to cinema in a way. Um, really intriguing movie. It doesn't make a lot of sense at first, but it kind of you you kind of get the hang of it as it goes along. And it's really just about the cinematic experience, and it's 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 a whopper. Um, and one I definitely want to see again. I, I was really looking forward to buying the Blu-ray, and then when it came out, the fucking thing's like thirty-five dollars. I'm like, fuck that! It'll be like ten dollars. It was like the American was the same way. That shit was like twenty-eight dollars when it first came out. Now you can get it everywhere for like six. So yeah. if I just wait a little while, it'll drop. But really fucking good movie. Um, Leo Carra, how do you, I don't know how to say his name. C-A-R-A-X is the director. Um, he's kind of a douchebag, he seems, because I, I watched the little... Sun, uh, the little uh, Didn't his wife die recently or something, though? 
Oh, yeah, really? Loaf just called him a douchebag. Well, no, you fucking cold-hearted prick. Well, he saw. He was. I saw. I watched the interview. I watched the interview. Jesus, from, man, you goddamn, dick too. I watched the interview from from Khan when before she would have died, and oh, he fucking okay. left Fair his enough, sunglasses then. on the whole time. I'm like, come maybe on. she killed herself. because She was probably dying when he. That's why. Yeah. He probably had tears in his eyes. <laughs> Uh, okay, um, uh, that was. But that's great. only because you watched oh. Looper. <laughs> Rainmaker. <laughs> I've been uh, pushing Mister Nobody pretty hard on you, Loaf, and uh, if you like Denis Levant, uh he's a misogynistic Charlie Chaplin impersonator in that movie, and he's nice. he's very funny. Is he? Yeah, uh, he. There's a part where Samantha Morton, who plays a, a Marilyn Monroe impersonator, mm-hmm. uh, they're the, she's married to him, and they're on the beach together, and she asks asks him not to let her fall asleep in the sun so she doesn't get a sunburn and he just fucking sneaks away and leaves her there <laughs> what's the name of it uh mr nobody mr nope did he play the same role? is this got gerard leto in it no 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 this is uh it's a harmony corinne film it's got werner herzog in it uh verna uh yeah. as a priest who uh starts throwing nuns out of planes to test their faith and uh it's it's <laughs> so fucking it's great it's got uh, the lead character is a michael jackson impersonator and it's basically like you uh, disco- you, okay you posted yeah, the image yeah, on yeah. That. yeah yeah it's, okay it's it's one of my favorite movies i've seen so far this year it's nice. crazy they should have got you to fucking sell uh seven psychopaths because just you talking about that movie i'm like god damn that sounds awesome <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's right. not available on dvd anywhere that isn't it I I, oh, I don't I don't buy things I just steal them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, uh, let's see. Oh, Chris, your number seven. Uh, my number seven is take this waltz. Inhuman With, uh, movie. Yes, it is an inhuman movie, but uh, only if no. you bestial. Have... That was the adjective she used. I just remember bestial. That movie is very bestial. What a fucking idiot! Oh, Anybody God, who's been in, in a long term relationship <laughs> is going to be able to. It's it's the kind of movie you watch with your girlfriend and then feel really uncomfortable watching with her because <laughs> it, it's about like what what the uh, basically what are my options at this point? Like I'm feeling uh. a little it's I'm feeling a little too comfortable in this relationship and what are my other uh, options? Should I should I go for the dangerous risk? Or should I stay comfortable and and not risk it? And, and you're just sitting there the whole time, hoping like, please don't think this is about yeah, you. But, please don't think but, this is about you. Luckily, luckily, <laughs> you come out you come out of it more identifying with uh, Seth Rogen's character, who's sort of the comfy, uh, you know, the 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 original boyfriend sort of. But uh, it's more about not defining yourself by who you're with. Nice. And uh, yeah, I I uh, loafed it hard towards the end. Nice. <laughs> How did that like, become me? Damn it, damn it. You haven't been listening to Mill Creeps. That was uh Aaron Aaron uh coined that term pulling a loaf. Fucking A. <laughs> All right, Paul, you're number seven. Um Django Unchained. Django. Django. Yep, it was everything I wanted it to be. Um Tarrant uh, any I don't understand any criticism of it. I thought it was brutally violent, as you want from your time to, you know, movies. The dialogue was there. Um, I think um, Samuel L. Jackson's um, were the best thing about it. I know everybody, Christoph Waltz, has took all the plaudits, but for me, um, Samuel L. Jackson as an old Uncle Tom 
Ugh. was um what a bastard but he was really good yeah. oh no nick fury <laughs> nick fury was so good yeah he, he was brilliant and that one scene by the um fireplace oh that was um, oh, oh, that was the, the, just that was exciting excruciating to watch yeah, uh, but yeah. only t- only Tarantino could could get away with doing that. Yeah, it's um, it's good, and the um, well, yeah, we can we'll, we might we might talk about that one more. <laughs> uh, cool, Zom, you're number seven. Number seven. Um, this had Idris Elba. Nice, I know where you're going. And if you can't be with the one you love, honey, <laughs> fuck Charlize Theron. Uh, Prometheus, 2012, Ridley Scott. <laughs> fuck you, bad James. Yeah. <laughs> fucking, fucking bad. He didn't listen to the show. Um, Sweet. Anything else you want to add on Prometheus? I don't listen to his show. <laughs> I don't know what that means either. You want to add anything else on Prometheus? Uh, I liked it. Yeah, gory. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was good. I thought uh, I had a good time with it. Saw it at the beach. Loved it. Watched it. I need to buy it. I don't think I own it. Yes, I, I do. Three D You bought the, you bought it on iTunes because you yeah, watched it, like, eight it times on your iPad. I need to. I might go fucking watch it right here and just so watch, it, here watch it while we're recording. You got to watch the uh, making of dogs on. No, I have not. Oh, you got to watch that. It's so good. Check That's another out. one I need to finally. So much of that out. movie is practical that you wouldn't expect. Nice. Like the the sets. Oh no, it, I did, I did, I did, I did. Okay. Yeah. Watching that and seeing that they basically filled all of those that famous British uh, warehouse studio sort of area. They filled that entire place with sets. Is that stuff's amazing? <clears throat> all right, my number seven. Um. This uh, this will prove that I'm willing to put my foot in my mouth um, after I listened to the GG and TMC's top list. Um, I wrote them both and asked about a certain film that they both shared in common, very high on their list. And after and you know discussing my issues with it and stuff, and then I rewatched it this morning um, just to see um, revisit it. I bought it and watched it. Um, this is the master. Paul Thomas Yay! Anderson. Um, this yep. was going to be around thirty for me, and um, it just goes to show you what how you know how much your opinions of things, your view of things, can change. And I went into it this time. You know, the first time going in, I didn't know what it was about except maybe Scientology. And so I'm watching it with <laughs> that frame of reference. And I guess Prometheus is more ob- uh, evidence of that. You know, going in expecting something. Prometheus get, was about Scientology? And when you get something else, it might be. Sort of. <laughs> uh, yeah, those, those fucking white dudes were Xenu, right? Yeah, where's Jesus. the... Jesus. Uh, Prometheus 2 might have the volcano that we're all taken away from in the, in the fucking airplane. For <laughs> uh, well, and I should say my number six is the master, so... Oh, nice. Okay. But the... Um, so... The, I went in this time more looking at the relationship of the three characters... Amy Adams, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and um, and Joaquin Phoenix, and it's just um, it was it was a totally different experience than the first time. The first time mm-hmm. I saw it in an empty theater, it was after work, and um, 
you know, I, I was thinking, hey, he's going to fucking shit on Scientology. And maybe he kind of does, but that's really not what the movie's about. I think that would have ended up being a little too cheap. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I like where he went with it, making it more character-driven with that as sort of a backdrop. Phoenix is a fucking mess in it, and I actually looked it up, and torpedo juice is a real thing. I posted the <laughs> Wikipedia leak because I was like, what the fuck? At the beginning of the movie, he opens up the side of a torpedo and drinks liquid out of it. What, like, what the and then fuck he, fucking, he, he fucking poisons a guy. Well, yeah, yeah. Tor- <laughs> torpedo juice was a thing because the torpedoes in World War II were, made, where they were fueled by 180-proof grain alcohol. Um, the Navy eventually started putting in something that made it poisonous so the guys would not drink it. <laughs> But that was what it was, was grain alcohol. So, um, but yeah, and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, it, it put me in a mood to see uh, more of him. So I watched Synecdoche, New York later the, today also. Um, he's really fucking good in it too. And uh, join the Facebook group and you'll see, uh, find my, my crazy little uh, off-the-wall interpretation of the relationship of the two of them. Um, have you seen uh, Owning Mahoney? I have not. Yes. Oh, man. That good movie. So good. Yeah. I own owning Mahoney. Yeah, me too. Paul, I actually, you, uh, Paul, uh, Paul, sorry. Go ahead. As opposed to what I said earlier, I do buy things, and I bought that movie. Nice. I I I love I, I Philip Seymour Hoffman is one of my favorite. I, I I can't think, and I was thinking I was thinking today. I can't think of anything I've disliked him in. He's got such a like ability. I mean, you know, people say Gary Oldman's one of those actors that can fucking do anything. Philip Seymour Hoffman has been like he's gone everywhere from like really awkward, depressed bastard to. Just like cocky, you know, handsome leading man. I mean, it's like he mm-hmm. he really runs the gambit too. So, I've liked him since Happiness. Yeah, yeah, and fucking yep. like oh, I mean, I, I compared this role to his role in Boogie Nights. I mean, that's <laughs> completely opposite, and it's, it's just, fucking idiot. Yeah, You're it's fucking idiot. It's, it's just amazing to watch the difference <laughs> in the two. Uh, did, uh, Chris, did you want to put uh, say anything else about the Master? Yeah, I think it's a movie that. On first watch, I think, like as you said, there's a lot of expectations going in, mm-hmm. uh, especially after There Will Be Blood. Uh, I think it, he's initially he started out making uh, sort of like you can feel all of his influences in those first three movies. Mm-hmm. And then with There Will Be Blood, he started to find his own voice. And I love that he's like he's always examined characters, but now he's examining more unlikable characters. Yeah. You know, I read something interesting today is that the, you know, they were talking about the three films together and maybe it's going to be, maybe it'll end up being like a a loose trilogy, but uh, there will be blood covering turn of the century to the Great Depression and then this movie, forties and fifties. And then this next movie he's going to do is set in the sixties. Nice. So maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a theme he's going for here, but it's a similar kind of feel at times to there will be blood with the relationship between, you know, in that movie with Daniel day Lewis and Paul Dano and this one with the two of them kind of like at times you, the line between who is who is muddled in a way. So, Mm -hmm. and this one I mentioned on the, on the, on the group that it's a lot of people focus on the two leads, but Amy Adams is just as much of a force in this movie as anybody. She's almost, uh, she takes hold of, uh, Philip (laughs) literally, hold of philip seymour hoffman on a regular basis <laughs> and, and, and she's controlling him just as much as he's trying to control uh joaquin phoenix well and it's like he it's almost at times he's in the middle and like mm-hmm. you know, there's two different forces pulling him different ways yeah so, exactly you know because the fact that he can fucking drink joaquin phoenix is poison just fine you know he wants on one side he i think he wants to be him and the other side he wants to be the 
the clean cut. Yeah, you can guy. you can see that he admires the freedom yeah. that that uh, Joaquin Phoenix has, and yeah, like you said, that performance by Joaquin Phoenix is just yeah. like as much as he transformed himself into a fucking weird rapping <laughs> superstar for his documentary, he came fucking back into real movies. Yeah, fucking swinging hard. Nice, cool, Paul. You're number six. My number six is Amor by Michael nice. Haneke. Speaking of the, the the depression porn, is that what you called it, Chris? Yeah. And yeah, well, strangely enough, this is a movie that didn't make me cry. Huh. I don't know why, but it, it, I guess it's because Haneke's such a fucking cold filmmaker that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He really is, and it's just, but it's um. It's just, it's just, it's beautiful. It did, it did make me, make, make me cry. Yeah. Just his, um, the way he, like, stuck with, just the little things he had to do. Little everyday things he had to do with her once she got ill and things like that. It just, yeah, just it feels make, like a, a textbook, that, a textbook guide to dealing with someone with a, like a stroke victim. Ugh. Like, this is what you're going to be looking forward to. Yeah. <laughs> Get yeah. ready. <laughs> And all that, all that cheese. cheese. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it was Annika's. I I'm a very big fan of his. Um, I've uh, not seen anything by him that I've not liked. Yeah, yeah. I've um, having said that, like, I have only seen I think three or four of his Moon Vizel. I like. I've seen both versions of Funny Games. And um, I did, although I didn't see the point in making an American version of it. That's actually those the, are my least favorite of his. Yeah, I, like the, I, like I love the white one. ribbon. I love the white ribbon. I loved, but, but the favorite of his I've seen is um, hidden. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Cache. that was just yeah, yeah, cachet. That was phenomenal. I saw that when so, it first. So you came haven't out seen the and, piano teacher. No, I've got his box set here of um, a ten-film box set, a DVD nice. box set. The but Piano not, Teacher um... seems to be an overlooked movie by him, and it's his most. It's honestly one of the most uncomfortable fucking movies I have ever watched in my entire life. Mm. It is, it is. Uh, it's my favorite by him, but it is so stomach churning. It's it's like an episode, an early episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, turned up to mm. fucking a thousand percent. It's the so dark. You want to talk about fucked up mother, uh, son or daughter relationships? That has the most twisted mother daughter relationship I've ever seen in a movie. I need to see that one. Oh my god, it, it's grueling. It is a grueling watch. Oh, nice. Zom number six. Number six is Teddy Bear. Woo! Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm like some other people, uh, I think Bryn or somebody had mentioned it uh, when he went to Sundance. And I spent a year wanting to see this. I watched the trailer a few times and, you know, it was like, God damn, I wish I could see this. Found out it was on Netflix, watched it, and was not let down. I really, really, really liked it. Um, I thought uh, it was um, a sweet movie, uh, but also there was a lot more to it than that with. Uh, him and his mother, of course, mm-hmm. and I liked uh, <laughs> when he went to um, Thailand 
looking for love in all the wrong places kind of reminded me of some of the things that I've done. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you kind of get the idea of like like that he's he's obviously looking for an actual relationship and yeah. you, you see yeah. all those you see all those dirty old men hanging out yeah. there and you're like, what what piece of you is missing that makes you okay with living this life? Yeah. Like Which, they're you know, so the, fucking the, gross. The thing that like uh at the beginning when you see his little kind of Mr. Peeper's friend getting married and you're like so happy, you know, God, you know, that's really cool, you know. And he's the one that recommended it, but then you find out that Mr. Peeper's wife, who is very nice and prim and proper and everything, came from that place that he went to. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So, I mean, but I just thought uh, that uh, Kim Cold, who was the, you know, that uh, it's like some, I've seen some movies that, um, where, like, if it's a guy supposed to be like a bodybuilder or something like that, I mean, well, you got Schwarzenegger, but I mean, how many other people have actually been a, a, a an okay actor that yeah. is a big specimen like that? And uh, he, but he showed that even you know it just was like the the that duality thing where he's this big, huge, hulking guy, but so it's so much insecurity, mm-hmm. you know. And I, face, I read an article. He, he could- because there's not a lot of di- a dialogue with him. Yeah. And the, the amount of emotion that he shows with his face. And yeah. He's such a, like, I don't know, you just want to give him a hug. <laughs> yeah. Very surprised. Well, I, I didn't want to give him a hug. I did. I wanted to kiss his pecs. <laughs> he, probably has, he probably has leaky pecs, like, for right now. <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, you were going to say you read an article with him? No, no, no. I, I just was, uh, I can't remember what magazine it was in, uh, I was reading an article about uh, just bodybuilders in general and how they're generally are to take it to that level are really insecure guys. And, you know, you see them looking in the standing, posing and looking in the mirror all the time and lifting all these weights and everything. But uh, uh, without question, they have something missing. And it's almost like putting on piles and piles of armor to cover up, you know, their inadequacies. Like a lot of them were like small guys or skinny yeah, guys. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and because they were that way when they were young and they were picked on or looked down on or not accepted, even though they're big and massive and huge and everything, you, you a lot of what you are is what you learned when you were a kid. And there are a lot of them are really insecure and sad people. You know, and and some the, of them are, the most excited he is in the movie is that scene where him and his buddy are showing, like they're posing in the mirror. Yeah, like that's the yeah. most you see him smile and, in the entire. And, and, movie. We, and I was watching that, and I was just thinking to myself, God, for them, that's so whatever. But just looking at them standing there doing that, uh, I was just like, God, this is so gay, you know. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I mean, I don't say I don't know, you know, but it just seems so. It's like. Dude, you're standing there in your fucking underpants. <laughs> you it, know, it, it doesn't feel good. and looking at each other with just such approval, like, yeah, look at that. Yeah, yeah check this out. You know, and you're like, what the fuck? It, it, it just feels very sort of culture. It, like, it feels so, like, uh, like detached. Like, yeah, it, it's that's, a very that's strange filling the hole in your life. That's, that's not really worth it. Yeah. Nice. Um, let's see. My number six. Um, I talked about this on the Facebook group quite a bit. Um, one that was sold horribly. We've already discussed it. Um, uh, Seven Psychopaths. 
This is uh, from the director of In Bruges, another one that I really liked, really, really liked, uh, Martin McDonough. Uh, it's a smart movie. Um, Christopher Walken is really fucking good in it. Um, Harry Dean Stanton, for a, for a change of pace, doesn't appear as a fucking just disgusting old man. Now he's just an old man. <laughs> um, but the um, uh, Sam Rockwell is just amazing in the movie. Um, and I like the, I like some people just kind of appearing in the movie, just kind of there. And, um, uh, uh, Tom Waits. One of them even did a promo. Tom Waits. Yeah. (laughs) Even did a promo. And Woody Harrelson really fucking, everybody's just really good in this. And, um, I love movies that kind of have that meta Hollywood feel like movies about creating movies. If done well, uh, are gonna, are gonna sit well with me. The, you know, as I said before, the way this was sold seemed like just like wacky caper, and it just made me not want to see it. Uh, when I saw the when I saw the cast for it, I'm like, "Holy fuck, this is gonna be awesome!" And then I saw the trailer, I'm like, "Holy fuck, fuck this movie!" And I avoided it completely. I, I could have seen it at the two dollar theater and everything. And I waited finally until there were some people saying, "See it, see it, see it," before I did. And it ends up number six. So. They make it look like a shitty crime caper movie yeah. with the focal point being the dog. Yeah. Oh, God. The trailers are so bad. And, um, you know, Walken's relationship with his wife is just, you know, really fucking good. And uh, and Colin Farrell, I mean, you know, say what you will about the guy, but the guy makes some, makes some good choices mm-hmm. at times. And he's a pretty fucking good actor there. So. I can um, admire an, an actor who takes some time off and then actually comes back and publicly basically says I got to be too much of a douchebag yeah. and I had to take some time off. Um, really, Which means he went and dried out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Watch Miami Vice. Good shit, though. Good movie. Seven Psychopaths. Um, so now we're getting into the top five. Yeah, top five. Chris, you're number five, sir. My number five is a movie I watched a couple of days ago and it is called Police. Nice. Uh, huh? Um, initially when I heard, uh, you talking about this loaf on the show, I was imagining a really, really depressing, dark, miserable, like, like, you know, one of those movies that just makes you feel really bad, Mm -hmm. but it didn't like I was, uh, a lot of comparisons have been made to it and the wire. Yeah. Uh, basically like one of the the taglines was that it's like a full season of the wire jammed into one movie and it kind of is because it's it's episodic um but i liked that the characters were not predictable like they start out sort of you have a basic idea and they seem like maybe they could be archetypes or whatever but they're all multi-layered and uh it's you can tell that the filmmakers spent some time with real people that were working in that in that profession. Yes. And I loved the insight into it because, so, you know, it, it could so easily fall into like, oh, they're a bunch of jaded, seeing everything type of people. But, and they all have their moments where they are. Uh, like, for example, there's a scene where a, a young girl talks about how she blew a bunch of dudes because they stole her phone and they weren't going to give it back to her. <laughs> they're just laughing. <laughs> nice. Uh, they're like, wait, but, so that must have been a. Re-. She's like, but it was a, it was a smartphone. They're like, ah, they're just cracking up. Yeah. <laughs> and, My, uh, two scenes for me that really stuck out in that movie is the dance club. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I really thought that was a great moment, and the the scene there where I got teary the with the kid crying about his mom. Yes. 
Because it's mm. and surprisingly enough, it's not a scene that has anything to do with actual molestation or anything. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it has to do with a mother who can't care for her child and is willing to give him up just to give him a better life. Yep. And then the reveal later on with her again is that's the more depressing point in terms of her character. But yeah, it, it's a it's a great great look at uh, that profession, and it. It doesn't feel at any point like it's going over the top or doing anything to shock the viewer. Yeah. And yeah, it's I, I really liked it a lot. Nice. Paul, number five. Same. The same? Police also? Nice. <laughs> yeah. <Good. laughs> so I don't need to go into it. You've said everything um, that we're going to say about it. Absolutely loved it. Fantastic film. Zom, you so, need to check it out. Yeah. It's on instant. So What's it called? Hey. Police, spelled P-O-L-I-S-S-E. Okay. And, and the chick who plays the photographer, the, uh, the one from High Tension, she directed it too, right? Did she? Yeah. I don't, I don't even know. Did. I didn't even look. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah that amazing. Uh, that, I think that's her debut, and that is an amazing uh, debut from her director. Very nice. I, and, I, I, you know, and I was, I was surprised by it, but I liked the direction that her character went too. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, the relationship between her and and the black guy is is uh, is really interesting. Right. Awesome. Uh, let's see, Zom, you're number five. Number five is the master. Yay! Uh, we talked about it, but I just thought. Uh, um, I watched it, and as soon as I got done watching it, I watched it again. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix was just fucking phenomenal. The the way he would stand with his hands kind of backwards on his hips with oh, his yeah. hump back, mm-hmm. and and when he was jerking off uh, at the ocean, like <laughs> down, it just looks so funny looking. He looks so weird, and um, <laughs> like uh, when they did, that, I think it was like not word association, but he was just. Uh, Asking him the same thing over and over and over and over and over, and he farted, and he was just laughing. <laughs> that, there was that, just stuff in there that was just—I mean—and and he looked, he looked like the the super ultra skinny, uh, strung out Johnny Cash again. Yeah, yeah. he was very skinny in this, and Philip Seymour Hoffman was just fucking excellent in it. Um, that British chick he banged at the end had had some big old clackers on her, didn't she? Yes, <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> uh, but it was just a good movie, and. Um, uh, it, th- there was uh, a lot going on there, but I just looked at it as a as a character piece. I mean, yeah. I have watched a, some documentaries about Scientology and stuff like that, so you know, I, you can see that stuff there. But it's you know just the the relationship thing, and you know, uh, just seeing a guy that is so you know undone by uh, just his demons and uh, and his know, time it, in the war. Well, and, and and even yeah, and that yeah, that possibly has something to even do with it's like you know the cause and effect and everything. But just finding, uh, you, you see how someone latches on to something, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and this you know whether it's a a personality or a higher power or whatever, depending on you know what it is and everything. Um, what's her name? Amy is it Amy Adams. Amy Adams, yeah. yeah. Honest to God, you know, and I'm not saying because, I mean, everybody gets something different out of it. I found her part to almost be like inconsequential. I just was, you know, maybe I was just because I was so mesmerized by Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman. But when you guys were talking about... She's kind of like the little devil sitting on his shoulder, though. I mean, she has a lot of sway, even if she doesn't have a lot of screen time. She's like a puppet master, but his string is his dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
I don't know. I just her, her her part in it, and that's why I heard like the 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 gentleman before I even saw it talking about like her uh, jacking him off and everything. And I was just, and then when I saw the scene, I was like, yeah. I didn't for for a while there. I didn't even know she was jacking him off. <laughs> then I was like, oh, okay, there's that part, you know. But I, I I don't know. I'm not saying like I said, whatever you know, people get out of it. Whatever. Maybe yeah. if I watch it for the third time, but <laughs> uh, I just, tonight. I, she it could have just been anybody playing that part. Yeah, to, for for it, me, it's kind of fitting because uh, Charles Durning passed away this year, and uh, I don't she know if you guys. Him. Sorry, she jerked him off too. Yeah, yeah, she did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I put up a like uh, an article I read about him in an obituary, and uh, one of the main aspects is that he was a, he was a World War II vet, um, and he went from D Day all the way through to Germany. And uh, he was he ended like he ended his service uh, hand to hand combat against a young German soldier, and he was stabbed eight times, and he suffered pretty good shell shock afterwards. And uh, he um, once he got out and got back to the real world, there like they say he spent the next ten years of his life wandering around America trying to find what he wanted to do. Wow. Because he felt so detached from, from you know, regular life, and it, it's kind of a weird parallel. Parallel, and I think it seems to be something that happened with a lot of guys that that got out of the army because you just like how can you go back to just being a regular person after that? Well, yeah. that's even the, the one I was talking about that documentary about the 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 disabled vets that were climbing that mountain. I mean, that's going on right now today. Those guys are coming back and saying, "We, I have no connection to any of this shit that's going on. And just just being there because there were other vets and being together, they felt you know, like maybe they had some of this camaraderie back again. But there, there was a lot of that, what, you know, post-traumatic stress. And yep. they, these guys were f- – they're, they're fucked up people. And the uh, fact and that now they still them, don't you know? know how to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's mental mental disorder. The stress, you, you just, they, they just break, yep. and you can't put them back together. And and not only before they even go over there to fight. My dad was a drill instructor in the army, and and <sighs> your your brainwashing. We talked about um, uh, the master with uh, Scientology, where they were, you know, how Philip Seymour Hoffman would say the same thing over and over and over, make him walk back and forth, touch the wall, touch the glass, back and forth, back and forth. And they would do that in the military. My dad said, you brainwashed these guys into being killers because they're normal people. Normal people don't kill without thinking, without remorse, without question. And he said every time their left foot hit the ground, they would say kill, you know, and and they would just train you to kill, kill, be aggressive, fight, kill, kill, kill. And then – they go over and they're actually doing it. So then there's that horror, and then they come back, and there's yeah. Amy Adams jerking you off in the sink, <laughs> and you're like, "What the fuck?" You know? Well, hey. And the fact hey, that they man. perfected they perfected that methodology from like World War II. Apparently, something like only thirty percent of troops actually fired their rifle because they couldn't fire on a moving real target, and, and, and then. And they they perfected it by Vietnam, like something like it jumped up to like sixty five to seventy percent. Like they figured out how to do that programming so well. And honest to God, to tie it into another one of my movies, Universal Soldier, they program these guys to go yeah. do this shit, and then in in regeneration, 
they're trying to take Van Damme and deprogram him. And like I said, I've work. always said it about those movies. It's like training a pit bull to be a fighting dog and then taking it out and trying to pacify it and teach it to be a pet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's all, it's, See, that's I've how I figured out my list. All of them kind of connect together in some way. <laughs> yeah. Universal Soldier. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I've got a buddy who's <laughs> grand, whose grandfather was in World War II, and he, he was also went from D-Day to Berlin, and uh, they couldn't wake him up. Like, when, he was t- when Grandpa was taking a nap, do not wake him up because Yikes. he will strangle you to death. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Uh, Audie Murphy, the actor, I mean, he won the he was the highest decorated soldier in world war ii and he became an actor he was in a shitload of cowboy movies and everything and uh i can't remember if it was deforest kelly or who it was maybe doug mcclure uh, they were on a western and he went to his trailer to get him and he said when he um op- uh, uh, knocked on the trailer door he said he just came to the door wide-eyed with a 45 in his hand and put it right in his face it's, it's like what the fuck you know because he had been asleep he woke him up he's probably drunk you know too because you know these guys are trying to medicate themselves, but I mean, you know, we're getting off track. But that's it's a sad thing. Cool. My number five. Um, we talked about it already. Django. Django. Um, I pulled a loaf in this movie, <laughs> and um, uh, uh, the the part that wait a prob- minute, you are a loaf. I am. The part that got me probably the most. Um, are you was, saying you masturbated watching this movie? Oh my god, so it's hard. The I was raw. No, at the um, <laughs> when um, when there when uh, Jamie Fox is trying to keep the guy from whipping Carrie Washington. Yeah, that really yeah. fucking got me. Um, did, they, did Jamie Fox show his dick in this movie? I think he it was, was hanging upside down. Did he have like a? Uh, it looked. Like, I thought there was something on it. Maybe it was. Yeah. He, maybe he had like some kind of a, a, a like a thing because his package looked really big. But I was like, that doesn't look like his dick. It just looks like a big mass. Yeah. Whatever. I, th- I, I mean, it, not a big mass, but like he had a jock on or something. Yeah, it looked like something was covering it. Yeah, whatever. I couldn't tell. Um, I'll have to get the the blue and just zoom in. Um, yeah. The, <laughs> the uh, and I'll and post screenshots of it. Um, Christoph Waltz is was amazing, um, and his fucking wobbly tooth is hysterical. And um, Leonardo DiCaprio was really fucking good too. Um, Did you know that the one guy was Lee Horsley? No, I didn't. Honestly, I didn't recognize a lot of the people. I even missed fucking Bo Duke in there. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't see Bo Duke. Who was he? He was in there. I don't know. Um, maybe he, I, I. I don't think I did. And that's your hero, Bo. Yeah, Luke and Bo, no, sorry, Luke Duke, not Bo Duke. Okay, Luke Duke was in there. I saw I, fucking Tom Savini. I think mm-hmm. he was. He was one of the guys in that shack yeah. at the end. Yeah, yeah. he's the dog wrangler. Um, and then what? Zoe Bell was in there too. Um, yeah, but, I saw her. Yeah, yeah, she got. Well, whatever. Yeah. Robert Carradine was in there. I can't remember. I even saw him. Uh, I don't even think he has a speaking role. I think it's just a. Uh, he just yeah. stood back there and went. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I didn't recognize a lot of guys the first time through. But the um, the this movie, it's weird. Like a lot of Tarantino movies have. There's a little bit of a separation for me. Maybe Jackie Brown's more of a personal story, but it, they're done in a way that they're stylistically done in a way that there are they are stories, not so much realism. And but this movie had such realistic elements in it that it kind of I, I, I attached to it in that way. Uh, it it probably could have it it kind of suffered for a little bit from what I saw as a double ending. Um, if that could have yeah. been 
kind of melded together a little different way, maybe. And um, but you know, the violence was spot on, and it's I mean, Jesus, it's DiCaprio. Over the top and fuck, DiCaprio. That's, the, so good, that's yeah. the main the main problem with the movie is they don't give Django enough to do up until that double ending. Like it's a it's the Christoph Waltz show, yeah, up, yeah. up until that point, and then you kind of need that last. 15 20 minutes yeah. to give him his his like finale yeah but um i really enjoyed this and um you know it's i mean it's i guess it's a given uh for, to, for a tarantino movie i can't there's really nothing that he's done that i've disliked but um you know really really good so Django. Right. top four time uh chris your number four my number four is the paperboy nice. um Django. high up there what <laughs> <laughs> i i was like uh, uh, one of the guys that that took the risk on this one before it was actually verified as a good movie. Um, I so think, I, I think I, it was your I, recommendation that I went that I saw it. Yeah, I, I I went in fairly early and I had like I was expecting but, it to be a complete fucking disaster. Seeing that trailer in the theater, I was like, this looks awful, but at least it it should be funny. And then I was I was amazed at uh, at where they went with it. It's probably the ballsiest. Hollywood production I've seen in a long time. It's angry. Yeah. And you can see why you can see why it wasn't popular with critics because it's I I heard Nicole Kidman I I had heard somebody say Nicole Kidman gets naked in this movie and gets fucked and pisses on some guy and that's the only reason I watched it. it (laughs) That's why I watched it too. (laughs) Yeah. I heard it was you know, I was gonna get to see her and I thought she had a hot ass and eyes wide shut and long legs and shit and then uh, uh, but it was much more. I mean, it was just no. I I don't know. Damn, it's good. <laughs> nice. And yeah, it, it, it a lot. She of, gives a hell of a simulated blowjob. Jesus <laughs> H Christ! Uh, a lot has been made of the sleaze element, which it has a lot of. What? But I I think that's sort of inherent to the noir genre. There's always a lot of uh, loose women and uh, sexual stuff. And this, I brought it up before, but this feels like, like there was a big boom of early eighties, neo-noir stuff. And this feels very much like that, like uh stuff like very cutter's way. Best. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I watched cutter's way just last year and I love that too. So this definitely uh, scratched that itch for me. I haven't seen that one in a long time. Oh man. Uh, is it John Hurd? In that? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's so fucking good in that movie. Nice. Paul, you're number four. Harakiri, Death of a Samurai. No, oh, never heard of that. What's happening about? I've um, actually, look, I've just picked, oh, yeah, I watched it last week, and then um, there's a, a website over there called play.com. I don't know if you have it in America. And they're selling the Blu ray, the British Blu ray. Goddamn Blu-ray right, we do. For, for £2.49. <laughs> Nice. No, I don't think we have so that. I picked tonight. up the Blu-ray for two pound forty-nine. That's like forty-eight dollars um, over here, right? <laughs> yeah. No, that's like forty-eight dollars Canadian. Hey, fuck you! <laughs> our dollars at parity now. You guys don't get to hold that one over us anymore. Our dollars equal. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you got like yeah, dinosaurs. Yeah, it works out at about four dollars. <laughs> yeah. so, um, sorry, fuck sorry. That. We just have queens from other places in our country. <laughs> Freddie Mercury. Sorry, Paul. Please, please continue. <laughs> yeah, the the first forty minutes of that are probably me favorite forty minutes of cinema this year. Yeah, absolutely, just 
pure brutality, it's a good but one. in a subtle way. God, there's some yep. shit in that that just rips your guts out, too. I mean, literally and <laughs> emotionally. I didn't actually yep. mean that as a joke. I mean, God, there was that, uh, there was a part in there that just, oh, uh, just, oh, I was like, fuck. Sad, yes. sad, sad shit. Are we talking about Django still? Yes. Um, yep. Paul, anything else on that one? Oh, sorry. Cool. Zom, you're number four. Oh. Wait a minute. My number four. I watched fucking Skyfall last night, and I, <laughs> I thought it was fucking awesome. And I watched it again before we did. <laughs> Honest to God, I thought this for... Now... When Daniel Craig was made James Bond, I was like, what the fuck? Jesus Christ. And then, you know, I watched the first one he was in. And the first time I saw it, I really wasn't sold because I know they were trying to, like, redo James Bond and blah, 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 blah. I didn't see Quantum of Solace. This one was fucking awesome. And, I mean, top to bottom, I loved it. I did. I fucking loved it. I and like uh, Ray Fiennes. I liked how. Uh, I mean, his character. I was even. I hadn't even heard anything uh, about it or anything. And I was. I said, you know, I wonder if they're going to do this. And then they did. You know, uh, some of the things how they pulled things together. Uh, some old uh, nods to the older movies with. I don't want to say what different things. Well, you know, whatever. Um, I thought Daniel Craig was fucking excellent. Javier Bardem was excellent. Uh, everybody was excellent. <laughs> I loved it. I did, man. I fucking, I, I'm going to buy this on blue. And I'm like you. I came home and I was like, fuck, I'm going to buy that. And then I just, I almost started to. And I was like, just wait. Just wait a goddamn month or two. The motherfucker will be, Damn, you know, cheap. a lot cheaper. But yeah, I thought they this was this was right on, and if they continue, you know, oh, great! I, I just it just was it did it did it for me. And it oh. could be seen as a positive or a negative, but uh, Sam Mendes basically admitted that he watched Christopher Nolan's Batman movies and modeled this after those, and I don't consider that a negative. I think that is the best choice they could have made. Like visually, the way it looks, the music and everything, it it feels like a Christopher Nolan movie. The, but in the one, there was uh, the one scene where uh, they're walking through the uh, the moor at night, and there's like a fire burning in the background. Yeah, and you just see the silhouette. I mean, that shot that's awesome. Was, they make him a superhero. Yeah, there's great shots in this. You know, like you said, when they when uh, was it? Uh, not Singapore. They went to Macau, and then they were in. Macau. <laughs> but I mean, just the, the skylines and stuff like that, the stunts, uh, yeah. And I and I like how they, you know, made Bond, uh, you know, vulnerable. And and they were talking, you know, he wasn't um, he wasn't goddamn Wolverine who fucking you know can heal from anything and do anything. I mean, he was he didn't even pass any of his shit, you know. Yeah. To, physicals or anything i mean he was a flawed guy but you know and i and i like the relationship between him and uh uh judy dench yeah that was pretty good and even bardem you know that you you felt that there was this like you said like a like a a a backstory and you i kind of wanted more of that in um 
uh, Goldeneye with uh, Sean Bean because he was an ex whatever too. And but I but with Bardem, I kind of got more of a feeling of uh, that he went through this and that, and you know that he. I I just don't want to give spoilers, but I mean he was great. Well, and a lot of people complained about the ending not being enough about like a big sort of like potential world ending event or, you know, the typical Bond huge. Yeah, I liked it because scope. it was like that. It's so, yeah, exactly. It's so personal. And because that, that whole plot line is so about the relationship between M and Bardem yeah. and Bond, like it should be that. And I didn't read the, um, I didn't read the credits at the beginning because they showed the credits at the beginning. And when, um, a guy with the initials AF show up at the end. At first, I thought yeah. fucking Sean Connery. I swear <laughs> to God, I thought Jesus Christ. If they if they make this guy Sean Connery, I'm going to shit my fucking pants right here on the goddamn chair. Uh, Sean but, Connery I mean, hates everything. He'll, he'll never yeah, do I know. It. But I mean, it, it, he said he's retired anyway. But I like the actor. A lot. Uh, Sean Connery's that, retired unless he's doing a skateboarding grandpa movie. Uh, An animated skateboarding grandpa. Really <laughs> I mean, oh, just shit fuck talk about Gator Rogowski and uh, Tony Hawk. Check out this sweet, sweet Ollie I'm going to do. <laughs> but anyway, I'm serious. I, 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 like when we're making our list, like I said, when. People were making their list, and they have okay. This movie it should have been an Oscar winner, and this one should have been da 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 and everything. And I'm making my list. Like I said, I just I really fucking enjoyed this movie, and maybe it was because I just watched it, but it really it it hit on all cylinders with me. Nice. And uh, Adele won the Oscar for best song, didn't she? Yeah, I, oh, I got I something. Know. She's good. Though. That's a good song. Uh, Cool. My number four. I'm going to see if I can play a little accompanying music with this one. Let's see if this works. What the hell was that? Django. Here we go. Yeah. My number four. <laughs> Is um, uh, by uh, Paolo Sorrentino. Already been discussed. Sean Penn, Francis McDormand. I gotta see this. Judd Hirsch in This Must Be the Place. Um, the, and David Byrne appears in there. This was a really fucking good movie, man. And I saw this. Jesus. I'm, 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 I may have seen this like last January. This has been floating in the ether for so long, not released anywhere, and I stole it just because I wanted <laughs> to see it. And um, actually, I think this was on my last year's list. Yeah, I mean, it's it it looks like it was released in France in t August 2011, so it's just kind of been out there, nowhere. Um, but it's uh, you know, Sean Penn's kind of like I, I like the bit where he keeps going, blowing up the little strip of his hair, and um, you know, he plays this retired rock star that lives in this like cavernous house and finds out that his dad is sick and he hasn't seen it. He hasn't flown in a plane in what, 20, 30 years or something like that. And, um, decides he's going to go take the trip to America. He lives in England. He's going to take the trip to America and see his dying father who dies before he gets there. And then he takes a boat, right? <laughs> and, yeah. um, and then it goes on, uh, you know, he, he uncovers this plot or this thing that his dad was doing, trying to find 
something. So he decides to pick up where his dad left off and go find that something himself. And it's good. It's really good. And Sean yep. Penn is very quirky and weird in it, but it worked. And uh, and I know uh, Will compared it to uh, Paris, Texas. It has which, that kind of feeling because it's yeah. It's, he's out of place entirely. Zom's favorite favorite movie scene in 2012. I hope it's better than Paris, Texas. Are you fucking? No, whatever. You don't like Paris, Texas? He hated Paris. I Texas. fucking. I mean, I'm serious. I fucking literally. <laughs> oh, I, I just watched it last month. I love the shit out of it. It's oh, so yeah. good. I like Harry Dean Stanton too. I don't he, know. What that's his fuck. best performance. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is kind of a similar thing with just a guy out of place, like a, a road movie, and this is a, another. You know, uh, European <laughs> looking at America very well. Um, Stay away from this movie, Zom. Yeah, okay. don't, don't wreck it for everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> no, but everything everybody tells me about it, I, it sounds good. Well, uh, everybody told you Paris, Texas was good. Too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, God, number four. This must be the place. Shit, Zom just hates the German people. <laughs> <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Then he might like this one. Well, yeah, he might like this one then. Um, uh, I love that that the reveal with that. Yeah, is so yeah. Um, so yeah, I've decided let, let's take a little break here before our top three because I really have to piss again. And, <laughs> Me uh, too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll come back uh, real quick with our top three. We'll be right back. Oh. Oh. When I come home after a hard day's work, there's nothing better. Than listening to outside the cinema. I like to draw a bubble bath and get in there and play with the bubbles. And sometimes I fart in the tub and some of the bubbles come up and I'll scoop a bubble up in my hand and I'll pop it and smell my own fart. I like to smell my asshole. Coming out his asshole. Cool little mashup there. Mashup. Blake posted that one today. All right. Our top three time. Let's get this shit over with. I mean, uh, what? What? Um, so cool. Where were we left off? All right. Chris, number three. All right. This is my, uh, probably my most controversial pick. I know it's a movie that, uh, Paul hated. Uh-oh. And most, <laughs> most people actually probably hated this movie, but it, uh, it uh, gave me a big boner. And that is the comedy. <laughs> the comedy starring Tim Heidecker of Tim and Eric and Eric Wareheim. 
also of Tim and Eric and a bunch of other dudes. Uh, I can't remember. Tim does a, a podcast with another guy. I can't remember his name. It's pretty funny because he does movie reviews in five or ten minutes, and it's just a, a passive-aggressive, miserable <laughs> movie podcast <laughs> that's never about movies. I've never seen I've, um, I've not even heard of this, honestly. I think I've heard you guys I've, talk I've about it. But... it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I, I listen to a lot of po- uh, comedy podcasts and I, I watch a lot of comedy stuff. I prefer short form comedy. And uh, one of the best purveyors of that is is Tim and Eric and Tim Heidecker, especially. Um, you can you can basically it's it's a movie about a guy who he's a trust fund kid. And he basically has no emotion. And one of his favorite things to do is uh, make people uncomfortable with his humor. And it's sort of shot it's, – it's shot like a drama. And it can be taken as an examination of a character. But that's not how I, I like it. I like it as a comedy. And I think his performance in that movie is one of the funniest comic performances of all time he is such a fucking soulless ugly man and he he dresses like the dude sort of like he's kind of like the dude he just sort of wanders through life being a fucking asshole and uh i don't know that that like the the humor like you can see his like there's three writers on the movie but it seems like it's it's uh all improvised um, because it's just him riffing for like an hour and a half. I and saw went, myself in that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a guy that doesn't ever pull a loaf. <laughs> he does never. He never cries. No, I'm at you. Like it, <laughs> <laughs> like it opens with him sitting in his father's room. His father's on his deathbed, and he's basically harassing the nurse by asking her about how degrading it is to clean up people's shit and like he's just treating her horribly and and he continues to do that throughout the movie and just basically go about his days uh harassing and irritating people as much as possible and i fucking love watching it i've seen i've watched it (laughs) i've watched it five times this year and (laughs) i've only watched it sober once Uh, uh, the truth comes Uh. out uh, it helps. It helps with a nice uh, cloud of smoke around your person. <laughs> uh, all right, Paul, you're number three. Holy Maltzers. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Denny Levant's performance um, for me was the acting performance of the year. Although he played about forty-five different roles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just. He was a. Uh, he was um, sublime in every one of them, and it's not very often you're going to get to see Eva Mendes's airy armpits licked in a cave. So, that's <laughs> uh, <laughs> part of the movie. Ah, oh, good stuff. Um, so, um, yeah, and th- th- this is one that it did make me cry. It was the, l- the-, the scene with Kylie Minogue, and then that last five minutes when he finally returns home. Mm-hmm. After a uh, that, uh, I don't know why it just. Uh, me and me, Mrs. watched it together, and we were just both in tears. Nice. Yeah. So they're good. Fantastic <clears throat> films. Go on. Yeah, I, I will get it. I will get it soon, Daddy. 
Um, Zom, you're number three. Number three, okay, uh, is a uh, Steve McQueen movie uh, directed by Steve McQueen. Uh, it's a uh, 2011 Shame. Nice. Michael Fassbender and Carrie Mulligan. I bought it. I've watched it probably about six or seven times. I just think this is a fucking awesome movie. It's, uh, I mean, it's one of those movies where, you know, everybody talks about Fassbender's cock and all this and that and everything. But it's so much fucking more than that. It's, you know, uh, the relationship between him and his sister. Uh, also, the guy, and I didn't bother to look up his name, but the guy that plays his boss was just really, really good, too. Uh, but, you know, this dude having this uh, – his his drug, his demon is – or his demons or whatever uh, uh, are revolve around his sexual gratification and him finding it in any and every way he can. This could easily have been – I mean – this, it just shows you the destructive nature of something so natural. But if you, if it turns into a compulsion or something like that, where he's almost using it like uh, someone would use heroin or whatever. But like I said, I, the, just the uh, the dynamics and the the of uh, the relationship between him and Sissy, his sister, uh, and how they don't spell everything out. And I know within our community. There's been different perspectives on, you know, what might have been or what is going on or blah 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 blah. But I just love this movie and Fastbender was just fucking fantastic. Really good, yeah. It's yeah, and it, it, it's interesting because I read a review with McQueen and uh, Fastbender, and they basically said that <clears throat> uh, at the end of the day, they left it open even to the actors as to their motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is really up to you whether or not. Uh, you believe what potentially happened in their past did or didn't or why they are the way they are. I watched that interview too, actually. Hmm. Interesting. Because I think, was it the same interview where the uh, the guy, the interviewer asked the question and then Fassbender's like, between us? Like, and points to himself and... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I saw that. Very nice. Paul, were you going to say something? Um, all about shame. No, I've still yet to watch it. Okay. Um, Dude. <laughs> I, do, I do have it, but um, I, I've not sat down and watched it yet. And I love Fastbender as well, so I will get try and get round to it in the next few weeks because everybody's been raving about it recently. So awesome! All right, my number three. Um, we've discussed this already. I watched this on Instant, another bleak European film. Um, <laughs> uh, directed by uh, Wa- Joachim Trier, maybe? Oslo, August 31st. Um, this is a day-in-the-life movie of the heroin act, as we discussed already, um, played by Anders Danielson Lee. I've not, or lie, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, I've not seen anybody in this movie before, but it's, uh, it's I get not the easiest watch. It's It's pretty... It's it's not a happy movie, um, but what was really interesting to me about this was that it's not, I mean, mainly it's his story, but you get glimpses on, in his day of all these other people and where they are at their life at 34, 35. And not that I've been a heroin addict, but it's like, you know, 
I'm at that age and I see the similar kind of feeling that these people are going through. You know, you have the 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 ex-girlfriend who thought she'd be somewhere else. You know, you have the the one the fr- the former best friend who's married and has a kid and they I don't know, they don't seem to be meshed very well and it's it feels very real life. Um and I think one of the gentlemen said it even feels like a documentary, but it's a very moving movie despite being simple. And um yeah, it's it's uh not happy, <laughs> but it's good. It's really good. Um, I loved it. So awesome. Time for top two. Chris, your number two. Uh, number two is Fuck You Bad James Prometheus. This is the reason this is on my list is because I, I like the comedy. I've watched this five times this year. Yeah. And I fucking love it, man. I don't care about whether or not the characters do dumb shit or not because it's a fucking old school ass science fiction movie, uh, sci-fi horror. Like it's it's definitely not on par with Alien because that's one of my favorite movies of all time. But f- for a filmmaker like Ridley Scott, who has had a sort of a, a bumpy career to say the least, um, to come out with this movie at almost eighty years old, and uh, I mentioned the making of earlier, he is. He's not a passive director. He's hands-on. He's involved. He, you can see that he really cares about making something interesting and unusual, and he did. Like to like to see the way the Alien franchise is gone uh, since the third movie. Like they basically pounded that thing into the ground, and knowing Fox's track record for basically churning out junk just to cash in, uh, they didn't do that here. They let him do what he wanted. And sure, he made some mistakes along the way, but it's still one of the most interesting, if not the most interesting, big blockbuster release this year. Yeah. Yay. Nice. Uh, Paul, you're number two. Searching for Sugar Man. Nice. Absolutely loved it. Um, it that guy is such a talented um, musician and I know um, Zom's made the point I believe to people that don't always believe completely what you see in a documentary and read some of the backstory but um, so I don't know what's true and what isn't but the fact that how this guy was unheard of in America is beyond me and then just to see him get the love and adoration that he deserves finally it's just real and it's just it's almost too good to be true the I kind story of, i kind of wonder with sense. him if the reason he never caught on is because he happened a little too late because his music but, like he didn't meet release his albums until the 70s and by that time you know zeppelin had kind of done their thing and and arena big arena rock was becoming like the the 70s rock you know and the folk thing had already happened in the 60s so i'm curious if maybe that was part of his issue for not catching on here yeah well that's yeah that, that that's right actually because if you look at it, like everybody said the big comparison he has is in terms of his lyrics um is bob dylan yeah and, and bob, bob dylan, dylan had already worked he, he'd almost worked himself to obscurity by that point i mean he was making shit just to piss off the recording industry by the 70s so yeah, well, that's it. That's what me. Mean. 
But I yeah. saw Bob Dylan live a few years ago. I, I did too. Was, it, was the concert was excellent? Was the concert fourteen hours long? <laughs> and then I went down to the plains and I bought my <laughs> system. He doesn't sound he doesn't sound like that anymore. He's very raspy now. I saw him too. I, went down down to the <laughs> I saw him at um I saw him at a minor league baseball park here in my hometown actually a few years ago. Nice. It was the same night yeah. that the uh, Red Sox played the Yankees and lost like all three games. It was a trick, a triple header, and they lost all three. It was like they lost four games in one weekend or something ridiculous like that. It was a rid- oh, bad weekend, but Junior Brown and Bob Dylan were a fun show. <laughs> there you go. I think I might have seen because I think Junior Brown was the goddamn opening, opening act, act when I saw <laughs> nice. him too. Nice. He had like a resurgence, and his voice actually sounded better than it had and. Fucking, I mean, it still sound Bob Dylan, but it wasn't. I have a friend that's a, a huge Bob Dylan fan, and he went to see him a bunch of times, and he goes, oh, my God, he goes, I love Bob Dylan. But I went to see him, and he said his voice was so horrible, and he said he would just ramble through all his songs. He goes, this one song, let's say it was uh, Lay, Lady, Lay, or fucking uh, Tangled Up in Blue would be like his favorite song. He goes, he was singing, he goes, I didn't even know he was singing it, because he would just, you know, <laughs> and, but when we went to see him, um, he he was really good, and he had a really good uh, band behind him too. Cool. Imagine how many times he's performed "Lay Lady Lay." Yeah, like uh. I'd be mumbling my way through that fucking song <laughs> too, man. Was that around the time when that uh, the album with uh, uh, "My Heart's in the Highlands" came out? Uh, I'm, like, I'm trying to think what year. Seem to remember it was like late late '90s, early 2000s. No, for me this was like 2006. Uh, yeah, okay. it probably was early. It was early two thousands. Yeah, because yeah, there was that one album being at work like a, and, or calling yeah, and saying like hey, his, I'll be late. It was like his big return. Yeah, it was two thousand seven or eight. I saw it. Okay, went down to uh, Birmingham and uh, I went on my own and my seats. I didn't realize. I bought seats online and I didn't even bother checking where they were. And they were right at the back of this arena that where. Even the seats that are close to the stage are close to the stage. The, the seats are too far spread apart. Yeah. It's just a big, empty, horrible shell. So oh, I ended up basically just watching him on a screen rather because I couldn't <laughs> see him. And they had screens around the arena. And so it ca- but, I mean, like I said, the backing band, they were absolutely awesome. But that kind of ruined the experience for me. If I, if, I, if I knew those were the tickets I had, and I'd have bothered to check. I wouldn't have. If I knew they were all they had left, I wouldn't have bothered going. Um, I, I but, wonder what I would have with with back to sh- searching for Sugarman. What I would have felt about it. You know, I talked a little bit about what you know, learning some things beforehand, and it kind of just it messed with the experience of the movie. And so I watched the whole movie through a certain set of glasses, I guess. And I'm just wondering, like. If I could, you know, over time, if I revisit it and kind of put that aside and just like and go into it fresh again, I wonder if I would experience it differently because I I liked it a lot too, but not as much as I maybe would have otherwise. I don't know. Yeah. So. Awesome. So let's see. Paul's number two. Zom, your number two. My number two was uh, Willem Dafoe and Sam Neill in The Hunter. Nice. Um, I fucking loved this movie. And the first time I saw it, I mean, I just fucking fell in love with uh, all the you know, cinematography and Tasmania. Um, the story, uh, Willem Dafoe was just excellent. I, I've watched this movie 
No joke. <laughs> I swear to God, I think I've watched it ten times. Because <laughs> when it was on Netflix Instant, and I bought it on Blu-ray, it's a good one to have on Blu-ray because of just the you know the, the beautiful you know scenery and stuff that they show. And um, I'll tell you what, there was some teary-eyed stuff in this one too. Yeah. I didn't, but you know, a man. But oh come on! If I it. was, if I wasn't a man. No, it was. It was. It's a. Have you seen it? I've no. I didn't see this one. I really liked it. I thought it was excellent. So I mean, you know, and and that that like with shame, uh, the hunter and shame. That was you know, it was a. I saw them so long ago, um, you know, mm-hmm. the the it, it, you know, like I said, like Skyfall. I just saw last night. Uh, Teddy Bear, I just saw, you know, maybe like a week or so ago. But these movies were at the beginning of um, uh, last year, and they're still, you know, the, right up there at the top. Cool. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was on my uh, last year's list. Nice. Yeah, I didn't get to see it until, you know, so. Awesome. Um, <laughs> my number two, um, <laughs> this is uh, one that's been brought up. And. Um, this one, this one, uh, really hit home. Um, and the director Takashi Miike has done it two years in a row. Um, Thirteen Assassins last year for me, and this year Harakiri: Death of a Samurai. Fucking amazing movie. Um, I've still not seen the original. Um, I did track down the original Thirteen Assassins after I saw that one. Um, so I'll still need to see this. But man. And that in that case, I think that his remake was better. Really? Okay. Yeah, I did too. Uh, honestly, I did too. Yeah, Thirteen Assassins is better than like he basically did like the the smarter remake trick where he like picked something that wasn't quite as good and then and sort of perfected that story. So, what do you think about this one? Well, this is my number one. Oh, nice! <laughs> <Your> number one. <laughs> um, the I, I won't say what it is, but the the reveal at the end fucking got tears in my eyes and. If there's a samurai movie and fucking snow falls out of the sky, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna be like, ah! you know. And, uh, but the reveal in this is just so good, and it's a fucking just. Uh, I'll just say, stabbed to the gut. <laughs> um, Best really use of good. cats in cinema this oh year. Oh my god! Oh my god! This movie was so good. Um, I liked it. I liked it quite there, a bit. There, 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 uh, without saying what it is, you may know when I say this. There's the this one scene in this movie that is just fucking excruciating, yes. and it's supposed to be, and it is, and I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ. It's like <laughs> watching a dog choke on a fucking bone or something. You're yeah. like, God damn it. And I was the, literally sitting in front of the TV going, Make Fuck. it fucking stop. It's, 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 like a good, it's like a good two minutes longer than the originals, oh. too. Oh, God. Like he goes for broke on that scene because that's that's the pivotal scene of the movie. It's what what drives the main character yeah. beyond that point, Just right? Thinking about it, it's like oh. So, uh, Chris, you can continue. Of course, yeah. that was where they were eating fish. <laughs> oh. Ooh, disgusting. Um, um, the original, like I'm a huge samurai movie fan. Um, since uh, high school, like I I had a. Uh, uh, film appreciation class in 12th grade and my teacher showed me both uh ran and kagamusha back to back and um those two movies sort of 
uh, opened me up to Japanese cinema. And, and then after Kill Bill, there was a huge influx of uh, samurai movies on DVD. And I bought all of them. Like everything that you could possibly <laughs> get that was from Japan that featured dudes with top knots, I bought. Nice. And, and uh, uh, Harakiri was one of them. And that movie, the rest sort of, they fought like the, they they glamorize the the code of honor and bushido and the way of the samurai and all that stuff like they really like a lot of the the stuff from japan sort of makes that stuff like sort of classic westerns that that whole code of honor as a man and stuff like that but this movie that's what i really appreciate about this one is it kind of turns that on its ear this movie is a huge fuck you to that yeah like the whole thing is just with jocks yeah yeah exactly this movie is the (laughs) this movie is the is the 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 picked on (laughs) geek the the lead in this is the picked on nerd of of uh frat frat boys like he it's him lashing out and 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 i love that about it like it, it it basically takes all the illusions of honor that that the japanese people have and says like that's all bullshit because at the end of the day, the the most important thing is retaining humanity above uh, a code of honor and and all that uh, that kind of stuff. And I nice. love the sim the symbolism towards the end of that movie is so important, um, uh, which I won't talk about. But yeah. like that that last fifteen twenty minutes, and it, it's a little bit different in this one, I think, because he he's still using that 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 tool from the the, the beginning and he doesn't use his vengeance to lash out in a uh uh how should i put it like he he doesn't kill anybody yeah it's what you yeah they don't do what you're because i kept waiting for what i expected you know yeah Yeah. the uh, wolverine uh yeah yeah, yeah. like moment one of the tropes of samurai cinema is that there's a lot of slow or quiet spots like a Japanese cinema in general. They, they, they're really good at, at conveying emotions through silence and quiet moments. And there's always a, a lot of the time, especially with samurai movies, there's a big outburst towards the end. And this has that, but it also turns that on its head yeah. as well. Nice. And there is some I, added stuff that wasn't in the original that I think also uh, drives the point, point home uh, a little more too. Well, we we watched uh, The Road last night with Viggo Mortensen, and uh, um, I was telling one of my friends about, you know, I think the first time that Will saw this was, you know, he, he they had just had their first child and him and Teresa and everything, and, and he was looking at it through that perspective of, you know, father and son and Viggo Mortensen having to take care of his son and what if this would happen and, and you're and you're thinking about this with yourself, how you would protect and take care of your child. And there's a child in this movie and there was just parts in it where I was just like I mean, it just broke your fucking heart uh and uh because of poverty and things like that and you're just and, and you and if you, 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 you like morph yourself into that guy's position and you're like, you know, here's your little baby laying there. What do I do? What am I going to do? How can I, you know, it, it, it just really, and I don't have kids. Fuck them. Well, and that, yeah, that, des- <laughs> that, that desperation. And, and, then, and then the fact that they, they twist his desperation into, oh, into like God. making an example out of him. Yeah. It's yeah. just so fucking crushing. And that baby was a good actor. <laughs> I that fucking God, baby's was, going places. I was like, "Is that the real baby laying there, or is that 
a doll. You know, or when they'd show it close up, I don't know, but it was like fuck. They gave him tranquilizers. <laughs> it's a different time, a different place. Uh, cool, very, very nice. Uh, uh, so that was your number one. So, Paul, what is your number one movie of 2012? The Master. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is well. As I ranted and ranted about this in in a voicemail to GGTMC, so I won't go as long on as long as that, but. I'll channel what Will and Sammy said about it. It really is old school filmmaking. Every it's a character-driven piece, and they're my favourite kind of movies. Where it's all it's all it's all about the acting. It's all about the characters. Um, Seymour Hoffman, um, Joaquin Phoenix, both absolutely superb. And it's like. Um, Zom was saying before about with Joaquin Phoenix's character like latching onto something because he's kind of lost and he doesn't feel he belongs anywhere and what have you. And uh, I've made this point before that where you see him lashing out at people whenever it's criticised, that's because in my eyes, that's because he's that that safety net that he's now found is being questioned and he, he, he doesn't like that. And that's why he gets angry and starts like beating up on people. Or that scene where he's throwing the fruit at the guy. Um, it's be- because he doesn't like um, his safety net being criticised because that's the only thing at that moment in time that's good in his life, mm-hmm. really. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm so really, he- I'm really glad that I went back to this. So, and Will's mentioned it before. A- Go ahead. Oh, go on. It's all right. Uh, Will's mentioned it before that, uh, you know, when you see one of those young filmmakers making something that's so insightful beyond their years, and he mentioned it with Paul Thomas Anderson. And I remember, like, when I saw uh, Boogie Nights and Heart Eight when I was in my early 20s, and just the, the amount of skill as a filmmaker that he's had right out of the gate is just fucking mind-boggling. Like, he made Boogie Nights when he was 27 years old. Like, he made Heart Eight, I think, when he was 25. Like, I can't even imagine that. Wow. He's really, he's really uh, like, coming around. I'm, I'm curious what he's going to keep doing because, I mean, his, uh, his filmography is just tremendous. It just keeps getting more and more dense as it goes along, and it's really fucking amazing he's, stuff. He's not made a bad movie, has he? No. Let's have it right. No. Not as far and as he's had. In terms of Boogie Nights, Magnolia, There Will Be Blood, and The Master, he's made out of the. I've not seen Ad Eight, um, and I, I did enjoy Punch Drunk Love, but he's had four masterpieces, not just good films. Four masterpieces. Oh, Hard Eight is good too. I'd say Hard Eight is a I've, masterpiece. Well, too. I've. Um, I acquired a copy of that um, <laughs> not uh-huh. <laughs> last week because um, <gasps> Will told me to watch it after because as soon as I watched The Master and he hadn't watched it yet and I, I messaged him and were like just make sure you cram it because um, it's absolutely fantastic and then he told me like have you seen asked me if I'd seen our date and I were like no so I uh, had a look on the, the old interwebs because I'm not paying the £33 for a standard Ugh. DVD that it costs over it. <laughs> so, what, if what, I like it, 
had the um, concert of paying it. But what, what about the Johnny Greenwood soundtrack? I've not. Heard, um, to the master. Yeah. I, to be honest, I didn't really pay much attention to he, it. Although, I would like to. He did the soundtrack to, to "There Will Be Blood." Also, the guy who makes some really fucking interesting movie music. Yeah, um, I prefer I prefer "There Will Be Blood," but yeah, as a as a. A composer, he's pretty fucking amazing. I mean, uh, I mean, Radiohead's one of the greatest bands of all time. So, and part of yeah. that is due, uh, is due to the guitar and stuff. So, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, he's it's. Uh, and if you haven't listened to, if you haven't really checked out the "There Will Be Blood" soundtrack too, it's also really. And he didn't he didn't get nominated for that for an Oscar because he like used other music in it or something. So he didn't get best right. original score because there was something about it that he pulled from something else. I think. Or I don't <laughs> That's know. ridiculous. Yeah. So they didn't count it. Oh, oh well, the- I know where I could get hold of them because I know uh, James who worked with um, James Lawrence. He's a massive fan of his movie scores, so I imagine he'll have them all on his. Uh, PC and work tomorrow, so we can stick them on my transfer drive on my nice. computer and work tomorrow. From that's, it. <laughs> that's illegal, sir. Um, he did the he did the soundtrack to We Need to Talk About Kevin too. Yeah, nice. he makes really oh, it's unset, unsettling, almost horror movie yeah. music. What Very nice. really? I can't believe he did the soundtrack to We We Talk About We Need to Talk About Kevin. Oh, that's definitely check that out yeah. then as well. Awesome, Zom. You're number one, and maybe one A. <laughs> nah, nah, I just have number one. Oh, okay. Citizens of Peach Trees, Mama is not the law. <laughs> nice. I am the law. <laughs> I fucking watched this movie so many times it had to be number one, and I'll watch it again. I love this fucking movie. I saw it in the theater, and I loved it. I fucking bought it on Blu-ray, and I loved it. And I've watched it, and I love Judge, or I love Dread, not 3D because I didn't see it in 3D. I did but, see it in 3D, and yeah, it's it was awesome good, in man. 3D. I need to see it in 3D, but I'll never get the chance unless I buy one of those stupid TVs now. But I don't care because it was awesome. Uh, Mama was fucking an awesome villain because she was just so gross and shaggy and had rotten teeth uh, and um, was just kind of strung out all the time. But still, when um, they had when they brought out the giant fucking mini guns, cannons, and started blowing the shit across <laughs> the fucking way at, at fucking dread, and that was just fucking great. I I like the um, just the, the the fucking like if you take stills from this movie when we were posting stills, the colors and everything, and um, uh, when they would be doing the um, slow mo. And uh, like glass would be breaking, and the little shiny particles of glass in the air. Yeah. Uh, Judge bullets Anderson going through was, guys' faces. Yeah, fuck the, yeah. The bullet and through the face, stomachs. The bullet through the face in 3D was fucking incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Anderson was perfect. I, I liked how they shot the whole thing through her eyes. How she was seeing everything, you know, and experiencing dread, which he's doing this shit like every day of the week. Um, <laughs> The the when they brought in um when they called nine one one and uh Dredd uh, had to deal with some of those fuck faces. <laughs> uh, you know, it was just great. And in the end, um Mama's grand finale was pretty fucking awesome too, you know, because she was just a fucking 
Oh, it was just great. I love it. I swear to God, the fact when when I heard now someone said that it's not a hundred percent, but that it didn't make enough money that they're going to make a sequel. And I'm like, listen. Well, they sold off all of the original. Yeah, but then after yeah. somebody said that, and they're like, "It's doomed." They sold off all the shit and everything. And someone said, "You know, well, they sold off all the shit from Prometheus too, and it made all kind of money, and they're going to fucking make a sequel to that." Yeah. But they have made like two sequels of fucking Death Race and and all this other shit. So I mean, they'll make. I think they'll make some, and I hope they do. These would be. This would be a perfect like direct to video series. Yeah. If they it's just got a bunch fun. of young up and comers just to yeah. direct che- cheapy versions of these, that'd be awesome. Ooh. Give me some Judge Death, please. Fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I'm telling you, my enthusiasm is boundless for Dread. Nice. Awesome. All right, time for my number one. Um, this, nah, quite the opposite of Dread. Um, another movie we've discussed already. Um, no movie uh, affected me the same way this one did that I watched all year. What were you saying, Zon? I said, did it make you cry? And then when you said that, I said, yeah, it made you cry. It did. It did. Um, this is Michael Haneke's Amour. Um, I, I'm fucking... If anything that I'm scared, if there's anything I'm scared of the most, it's probably getting old and dying. And this movie is a two-hour reminder that someday I'm going to get sick and fall apart, (laughs) or somebody I love is going to. And it fucking like for a movie that I just sat there with a two-hour stomach ache to still like stick with me. It's it's good. I mean, it's uncomfortable, and he his dedication to her is commendable. Because as I'm watching, I'm like, fuck, oh, my God, oh, my God, please don't let this happen. I just want to go quick. I don't want to be this person, like, being a drag on someone else or, oh, my God. It's, 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 it's very tough to watch, and it's, it's shown in a way that I don't think is, is, for me, it wasn't exploitative. It was just, hey, here's what's happening with this couple. This is how it's being dealt with. And, well, that, yeah, that's that's what happens. That's just like yeah, it's, and, star, it's stark reality punching you in the face for a whole two hours. And it sucks. And guess yeah. what? The same thing is going to happen to you someday. Zom's uh-uh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> going motorcycle riding. <laughs> yeah, every day. <laughs> um, this is an incredible movie. Um, as soon as I saw this, it rocketed up and and it knocked out Looper. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, I was surprised because, honest to God, uh, when you saw Looper, you fucking were. I was, I was, I was in love with Looper. Yeah, and it's faded a little bit. More didn't fade, and I've, I saw it like a little over a month ago, and I've watched Looper since then. And wow, Amore is is quite something. Um, I I don't know if it won uh, an Oscar this year, but it. I mean, looking at what it was up against for a foreign language, anyway, probably, probably, it probably should have. I would say. Um, and Michael Haneke, you know, just like Paul said, I've only seen a handful of his films, but he works for me, and I know his cold approach doesn't work for everybody, but um, something about his style just uh, speaks to me. So, so this would be almost like watching uh, when someone says, "Oh, you got to watch uh, this movie. It fucking fucked me up for you know." I'm like, "God damn! <laughs> I don't know if I want to be." Fu- I mean, it, 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 you think it's about bad your mortality. That you have to go through shit like that with your grandparents or your and yeah. eventually i guess your parents and or whoever else i don't know man i don't know if i i uh, that's like uh is that entertainment 
Well, I mean, I know that the cinematographer, I mean, you know, the, the actual filmmaking experience is probably great and everything, but it's just something I don't want to. I don't know if it's called. I mean, is this movie entertaining? No. I mean, it's it's no. it's intriguing. It's interesting. I don't know if it's. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. You can sit. appreciate the performances. I yeah, mean, yeah and the, and the but I, mean, I don't know. I just don't want to fucking sit in the middle of a goddamn room bawling and fucking. <laughs> you know. I, I just uh, feel you know. If you, it's weird. Sometimes like, you go to the cinema to have the the reality of life enlightened for you. Yeah, but the reality of life, you're going to fucking experience the reality of life. (laughs) True enough. True enough. I'm not going to experience fucking uh, uh, being locked down in a 200-story mega structure with a bunch of (laughs) drug addicts chasing me with machine guns (laughs) and a hot Uh, little piece of puss beside me that can read my brain. (laughs) She's like, would you stop thinking that, please? You're not getting it. (laughs) Nope. In my brain, I'd be like, nope. (laughs) Uh, gentlemen, Eddie, we've we've reached the end of our list. Um, I Yay! thank you. I thank you all. <laughs> Thanks for hours. ending it on a, on a on a. You pulled a loaf right to the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you all for uh, for taking like part. Cr- you guys like those kind of movies. I do like those. I mean, because there's there. I mean, there's a shitload of. I have like fucking comic book action movies and stupid shit, and Eric Banek. <laughs> fucking fighting an Indian with a goddamn... Yeah, I have four kind of depressing movies for my top four. Yeah, we like that stuff too. Variety is the spice of life. Yes. It is the spice of life. That's why you go for the butthole, the mouth, the... Sometimes sometimes (laughs) you need to uh, season your your life with tears. (laughs) Salty, salty tears. tears in this shitty world. (laughs) (sighs) Cool. Um, We had a little Uh, feedback, but I think we're going to save it till next week. What were you going to say, Zon? Fuck that shit. (laughs) <laughs> it's time to go fucking eat uh, another epic uh, yeah, marathon yeah, show. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Did we beat um, last time? No, we didn't beat last time. Last beat. time was about 3.46. We hit 3.30 this time. So. No, um, we're not. We're on four. Oh, no, yeah, we're on four. Yeah, the, the, sky, the sky pit four hours, but not, not, the, not the recording. So. Um, uh, right. Yeah, because so, we pooped and stuff. So Paul, you uh, you plugged your friend uh, James' movie thing. Did you want to talk about it again? We'll put We'll put another plug in for him. Yeah, um, June the first, Saturday, June the first. Um, I guess I should say James our friend, is, our friend James. It's not, I mean, I said your yeah. friend because you work with him, but um, yeah, he's on the Facebook group and everything. So yeah, he's got his um, day of crime where he's showing three Italian, well, three Euro crime movies. One of them being Mike Malloy's Euro crime documentary that Mike's kindly given him to screen, and it's only, only the second time in the UK that this has been shown. Um, over there, once was at a fe- film festival in London uh, in summer last year. So uh, James is doing this as a, a community cinema that he's been coming involved in over the last six months or so, where they do screenings of like cult movies and things like that. Um, the, it only fits seventy people in there, so nice. Um, tickets are selling now um, at a pretty fast rate, so. It's only eight pound. You get free movies to see free movies for eight pound, and there's a bar and there's food and things like that. He's working really hard for it. He's got a Facebook page for it called A Day of Crime, and the cinema itself's called A Small Cinema. They've got a Facebook page and they're on Twitter. It's at, at a Small Cinema. So 
all infos um, cool. on how to get tickets for it there. So if you're based in the UK, try and get up to it if you can. If you've got the money and you're not working that weekend, it'll really be worth it. Awesome. And, and Paul, thanks for coming on. And Chris, uh, I know you would love to plug your new show. Yes, Mill Creeps. Um, this week we did a double Sidaris. We're doing a we're doing yes. we're doing all twelve of the Sidaris movies in uh, in the next six months or whatever. Uh, two two every show, and uh, we're hoping to have guests on for each double review Ooh. as well. Uh, this this week we had uh, back of Forrest Whitaker's neck, aka Steven Scarlatta. Oh, nice. Uh, who is, who is interestingly enough uh, working on and almost on the way to releasing a documentary called Jodorowsky's Dune about nice. the unmade uh, Jodorowsky Dune film from the late seventies, early eighties. And God, I wish that happened. <laughs> holy shit, man! Him talking to him about it, I it, like. I'm really excited to see the Eurocrime doc, but I am such a huge Jodorowsky fan that this trumps that for right. for the the most anticipated documentary of next year because nice. goddamn is that going to be cool <laughs> and where do, where do we find mill creeps uh on itunes search mill creeps we're also on facebook you can also search mill creeps and uh i want to see jodorowsky's dread or prometheus <laughs> he, he turned eight five this year wow yeah so and we can still get a Prometheus. Yes. Another cool part of that is they have uh, extensive interviews with Nicholas Winding Refn and his opinion on that. Ooh, nice. Well. Nice. Um, and for our show, you can always send us feedback to 206-339-1600 or silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. And find us on iTunes or our website at silvaandgold.com. And just got approved this week, find us on Stitcher Radio so you can Stitcher. get it on your mobile device. So. I need to figure out how to get the fucking banner on our site, but Stitcher's pretty pretty cool, Daddy O. Um, you get butthole talk in your car. Yeah, right in what? your fucking ear holes. I don't know. And um, so uh, yeah, and like I said, we're gonna save our feedback until next week. And we announced a couple movies that we we're covering. Originally, it was gonna be for this week. We're pushing them to next week. So next week for us, uh, for Zom and I, back to a normal program show it would be the big fucking bus double with uh with the gauntlet and the shepherd so <laughs> gentlemen again thank you thank you and uh gentleman's guide thank you thank you um you guys gonna say it with me this time um until next time or the next time you guys are on this is loaf oot cdr oot Hey Cabron, this is Paul from Manchester out. You listen to the silver and gold or we come from your cholas. Oh. <laughs> Bye. Yay.